What are you drinking? Uh, I got myself an IPA. Nice. What are you drinking? Oh, an Alex Drake. Oh, how nice. Mm-hmm. Party time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is one of your double white IPAs or whatever? Uh, No, it's a Sierra Nevada Torpedo. Mm. I could go for a white IPA. I've not had one of those in a long time. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Anyway, let's start this fucking podcast. Hello and welcome to Headcanon. I'm James. And I'm Marco. And we're back. As promised, three weeks later. <laughs> yeah. Ish, I, yeah. That's uh, three weeks, yeah. I knew I knew we were gonna have to have a little time delay. JT's in the process of moving, so been busy. Well, getting getting to the process of moving, let's say. This will be fun because up until the day of, we were going to record that day. So all of my notes are from last week, mm-hmm. and I I did warn you. I was like, let's yeah. prepare for this date, but wait for yeah, 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 yeah. Words, yeah. words, whatever. Are your notes but, like very like topical? You have a lot, a lot of jokes from a week ago. I was I was talking about how thankfully in America there'll never be another mass shooting ever yeah. fucking again. No, uh, so it's just like a lot of stuff. It's like as I'm scrolling through, I'll be like, "Oh, I wrote, I made a note of that. That's mm-hmm. good. I'm glad." <laughs> All right. Well, um, in case you didn't listen to the last podcast, we are doing Batman Begins. We're starting our uh, Dark Knight trilogy, which might take a little while to get through. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, Batman Begins today. Christian Bale, Christopher Nolan. But before we do that, what are you watching? Um. So if you had asked me. A week ago, I would have just finished Veronica Mars season four, which was great. Um, don't you feel betrayed by Rob Thomas? I sure don't. Mm-hmm. I sure don't. I I think if you watch the first episode of season four, the thing at the end of season four is, I don't know, not that shocking to me. I mean, maybe how, <laughs> but, but it, it's, you know, I mean, no spoilers, but let's just say. Logan's in a much healthier road than Veronica, and thus it's not going to work out. Yeah, I was going to pick Veronica Mars for what I was watching too. I thought it was a great season. Um, I just, I, I think before the season, it was like, oh, it's going to be kind of like a more like grown up Veronica, and like they pretty much did it exactly, which doesn't necessarily mean she's more kind of evolved as a human being or in a healthier place, but like, I don't know, like I, I, without getting into too many specifics, like some people are really, really mad about the season and how it's like lazy writing that Veronica Mars isn't like a kind of, you know, exemplary human being. But like, that's kind of the point of the show, I thought. I don't know. I, I guess it's I funny. Like, like, I feel like people like me and you, like our kind of sensibilities and tastes for things. We're like, yeah, this is exactly what we wanted. And other people are like really mad because they want a happy story about her and Logan just got being, being cool and solving crimes, you know? And, and and you and I have both talked about one of the things that definitely, definitely, definitely works through those eight episodes is their relationship. And how because, fucked up it is, yeah. Yeah, and how fucked it up it is. Like, I know a lot of people have issue with it, but Veronica really gets hot and bothered when he punches the wall. And, like, up until that point, his whole thing was, I have anger issues. I know that. I'm trying to deal with it. And he finally lets go, and he's just like, "Is that what you fucking want?" And she's just like, "Yeehaw, yes, it is." 
Um, and I guess it's just like, something where like she's it's a person so... who's had so much pain. Mm-hmm. Of course, she's going to hold on to it because that's the one thing that she's fucking known. That's what's made her Veronica Mars. I, I feel like I honestly feel like it's not even just that Rob Thomas said certain things need to happen because I just can't envision ongoing adventures of Veronica with with that status quo. It's that I, I honestly feel like she needed to have something as as fucked up as what happened for her to ever get healthy, which is, again, leaving Neptune. Yeah, you I know? guess I just feel like it's it's okay for a lead character to not be perfectly morally perfect, you know. Like I just I don't know I I feel like this keeps happening in like like TV fandoms where like the writer zigs when the fans want them to zag, and suddenly they're a terrible writer. And it's like, how dare you write this character in a way that suggests that they're not like a perfect human being? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like TV, like stories are about conflicts, you know, like it would be boring if Veronica was always right and always did the right thing. Like some of the most interesting Veronica Mars episodes are when it's like, oh, she fucked up. She, you know, like it's fun yeah. to see her like come out on top and, you know, screw the, uh, the rich people over. But it's also fun to see when she like totally screws up. Season three. Yeah. And, and it's, I mean, it just, it kind of changed my perception of logan because i've always just been kind of cool on logan and he's always actually been the more optimistic of the two of them i thought he was great this season yeah he's really good well just there he's back in town he goes for a surfer swim or whatever and like she when the the very beginning when she like sidles up to the girls are like checking Mm -hmm. him out and she starts having like the meat market negotiation of him (laughs) he's like i'll tell you what i want full penetration which uh, is fucking weird if you haven't watched in the context. Whatever. <laughs> um, and since then, like, geez, I, Marco. yeah, it was going to happen, right? I mm-hmm. mean, my first question is, does Christian Bale's Bruce Wayne fuck? Anyway, like, uh, uh, and then since then I've watched Batman Dark. Batman has no limits. <laughs> I think he does. <laughs> I think in certain regards, Christian Bale's Batman hasn't had any experiences. Um, hmm. but finally watched oh, my. I can't wait to get into this conversation season two of my my german sci-fi time travel show and i thought okay season two they're gonna shit the bed or i'm just gonna the bloom will be off the rose but i watched (laughs) all of that show today (laughs) can i give you my i don't watch the show theory sure i think there's only like five actual people in the town and they're all just like seeing different versions themselves from different timelines not even close there's 76 characters in the show but there's actually five. All right, whatever. Just do do you know what I mean, though? Like, it's it's all them from, like, in the past or in the future coming back and forth and whatnot. Um, you're only right about that in one instance. Hmm. Um, but it, is a, so, it does so a lot. So I'm right about her. everything. I got it. <laughs> you're about to listen to two different podcasts, mine and his. Um, there's a, there's a great bit with just, like, the three generations or the three time periods and the family tree and then you get to get the actors who are playing three different ages of characters and it made me think a little well the show reminds me of lost mm-hmm. a lot as far as the theories and how they segment out like reveals the show's really good at like hey here's just a reveal in episode three for no reason at all and then it's kind of bad about like getting to like the big season finale thing that we're going to do like it's a lot of setup but it reminded me of the three charles Widmores. Oh yeah. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. And it's like the 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 teenage Charles Woodmore looked a lot like Alan Dale, and the middle aged Charles Woodmore looked like, like a lot like Alan Dale, but the other two didn't look like each other at all. 
Whereas this show, I'm always shocked at like how good the casting is for three or four actors to play the same character at different age groups. Um, yeah, it's a, uh, I don't know. It's, there's a cultural thing cause it's a, it's a foreign language show, but I can't imagine watching this week to week. This is the one time where I'm like binging probably helps with this complicated time travel show. Yeah. I kind of wish Veronica Mars was week to week. I, I feel like we might've podcasted it if it was. Yeah. That would have made the uh, finale such a bigger event too. Oh my God. As I mean, we, it would have uh, been fascinating. As we surf a lot of goodwill into the finale and then we come out and we're like, hey, except for the turn with the villain, I kind of loved it. And then people just murder us. Stone cold murder us. Well, I mean, without getting into spoilers, I'm going to try not to spoil this. The mm. uh, kind of one of the one of the eventual villains of the show. Did you see that coming? Like what was your kind of just kind of did you guess it? Did you not guess it kind of response there? One of the kind of villains. Could you be kind of more specific? The one who uh, ultimately gets one over on Veronica. Well, you and I discussed this. My my thing is, I know there's we're, a we're lot podcasting. Of, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of back and forth about this villain being like they're obviously guilty, and then Veronica's like, yeah, you're guilty, and then they're like, well, maybe they're not. Oh, maybe they're not. You know, blah blah blah. And there's a lot of you know earlier red herring stuff. So I it was hard to make that that jump but i the problem is it's played by an actor who i typically enjoy and i think has been brilliant in certain jason wright moon movies starring charlie's theron but like really giving things away huh no um yes (laughs) people who have waited this long for this podcast have already either watched Mm. veronica mars or they're never going to right but like i felt like this actor's turn like act performance wise, there was no difference. I wasn't crazy about yeah, that. I would disagree with that. I felt like he, they did have something, uh, you know, right at the end there. But I, I, it seems sounds like you didn't like the actor as much as I did, or at least the role they played. I, I love it, but I, like, I think it was bad. What did you think of Isabella Vidovic? Uh, who's that? Is that the young girl? That's Maddie. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, she's fine. I haven't seen this last season of iZombie that's airing now, but she was on iZombie last year and she was mm. great. I was so fucking thrilled when she showed up in like season or episode one of this season. Yeah, she um, finished iZombie. Like I really like this idea of, of I don't know, no spoiler, whatever. She doesn't die. She's still alive at the end of the season. So like her, her new setup, I kind of think is interesting. Um, but I mean, again, the people who are complaining about the Logan stuff, if there's any kind of Logan stuff to complain about, yeah, you, are, you are so bad at, at not saying am, spoilers. Because you made me self-conscious about it, you piece oh, of shit. Okay. But like, uh, I really like Veronica and Keith. Uh, always. They are the core of the show to me, and it, it just sticks in this season. They nail that above all else. It would have been would really interesting. Yeah, I mean, they're, they've always been the, the heart of the show. It would have been really interesting if the show was week to week to see... Because there's so much kind of ominous foreshadowing through the season, like to see what people yeah. would have been thinking by that last episode, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because at a certain point, they foreshadow it so much. You're like, okay, what are they actually going yeah, to do? Because yeah. <laughs> I see the Grim Reaper with his scythe getting like a Jamba Juice in the background here. Like, what are they actually going to do? <laughs> All right. Well, what are you listening to? 
Um, lately, I have been listening to an album by an artist called—I believe it's pronounced. I had to go watch an interview to see how it's pronounced. It's pronounced Wise Blood, but it's not Wise Blood the band. It's Wise Blood, a singular artist named Natalie Mearing. Um, I really enjoy her new album. You? Uh, you know, apropos of nothing, I've been listening to a lot of that song "I Hear the Bells" by Mike Doty that you yeah. might recognize from a famous Veronica Mars season two episode. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a good song. It is. Uh, what are you reading? Uh, I just started a book called Trickster Makes the World by Lewis Hyde. Is it fiction or nonfiction? It's nonfiction. Hmm. What's so? it about? It's about uh, the playful and dubious nature of humanity and how that plays out in art, our disruptive side, the human imagination. Hmm. Yada, 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 trickster mythology. Hmm. Some Loki shit, huh? Hmm. Some low-key Loki shit. Uh, I haven't been reading a ton. I started this book called Shadow and Bone that I think someone must have recommended to me because it was on my Amazon wish list. Um, Like a YA thing? There's like witches, maybe. I don't know. It's like, I don't know. I'm only a chapter into it, so I don't have a total handle on it yet. There's witches, but like it it seems like World War One era tech is kind of the impression I get. So, Mm. It's like with the uh, masquerade masks on the cover. Uh, I don't recall that, but maybe think of some other thing with the buzzwords of shadow and bone in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the it, the cover seemed kind of generic, but mm. let me get you tweeting while we podcast. This is what I usually do when you're talking. Mm-hmm. Why did you tweet? All right, Clooney? cool. So shadow and bone, huh? Why did you tweet Clooney? I just thought it was funny. (laughs) I was trying to remind myself if I could think, because this is some real nerdy shit that we probably won't even talk about, of all of the uh, bullshit like Batman movies they were going to do after Batman and Robin before this one. Yeah. Yeah, it's right out there with Superman as far as like the development hell there, you know. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's, let's get into it. Batman Begins. Do you have an opening statement? Yeah. Um, boy, this movie sure talks about fear a lot, right? <laughs> and dreams. Um, but on this movie, it, it kind of comes out of this wild stance that this movie takes. It's like, what if we gave a shit about Bruce Wayne? Like, not just Batman, but this combined entity. Like, what if this character was a character, not a cartoon? What if the movie was... I mean, it's definitely got the gritty, dark realism, but like not like in a bullshit Frank Miller, Zack Snyder way. But like, what if this movie was grounded? What if it wasn't as toymatic? I believe is the term that they used. Um, I, I enjoy this movie a lot. I don't. It's like my least favorite of the Dark Knight trilogy, but there's an interesting thread here about vigilantism as a self form of self gratification. Tackles Batman's how do you pronounce this word? Sociopathy. Um, it's the only one where they put Batman's name in the title, which is fascinating. And, you know, Nolan's a fine director. He's great at story structure here. Uh, it's one of his most conventional movies, I think. Its themes are on the nose, but it's filled with conflict and four-corner opposition. Um, but it's it's smart. It sets up a good world. It puts, it, you know, the dude in the costume as little as possible. It gets in the psychology of the worldview. I think Batman has actually mentioned 10 times total in this movie. And at the same time, the villain of this movie actually says something like, now if you excuse me, I have a city to destroy. And I kind of love that. So, what about you? 
Well, uh, I think this might be like the canonical example of the, you know, quote unquote grounded gritty reboot done right. Um, probably the most complete and satisfying origin story superhero movie. Um, oh. You probably could only do something like this with Batman, I think, just because of who that character is and kind of how broad the interpretations of him have been. Uh, I think the movie has a really complex structure with like these flashbacks and time junks, uh, multiple antagonists, pretty weird supervillain plot when you get right down to it. And But it all kind of comes together really well. Uh, I think at the core, I, I think it's Bale, um, who's just doing so much w- more work in the role of Bruce Wayne than anyone else ever did. Like, after all those 90s Batman movies, this is the first time where it felt like we actually got inside Bruce's head and understood why he was doing what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was something that kind of always had lip service paid to it in the previous movies, but, it, like, it, it never landed for me. Uh, it was always, like, the C-plot in the other Batman movies, you know? It's like, what's the deal with Bruce Wayne? But it never really get, went anywhere. They were villain stories. Yeah. Um, I remember thinking at the time that the Scarecrow seems like a pretty lame villain choice, but I think he makes a pretty surprisingly good antagonist, or at least, you know, one of them. Um, he's not like an equal uh, or formidable ri- rival, but he's kind of like a thematic foil because this movie is like, you know, so much about facing your fear and, you know, using it to become something else like fear, fear, fear over and over again. This isn't my favorite of the Dark Knight trilogy, but it feels the most comic to me, you know, comic booky. Uh, I still do get a thrill out of all the little details about Batman becoming Batman, like discovering the cave, like the way he orders the pieces for his cowl, like just that kind of like process stuff. I also found really interesting. It probably only works for a character like Batman who's so grounded from the start, but I think it works really well. Cool. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool, cool. All right. Sounds like we like it. Yeah, I do. I mean, I, I honestly don't know where I would rank this. Like, I could I could go back and forth between this and The Dark Knight Rises for my number two, I guess, you know. I could easily say this is number three of the three movies. Mm-hmm. To me, it's a little tougher because I, I there are, are higher highs, I think, in The Dark Knight Rises, but lower lows, too. To me, this is a more consistent movie than The Dark Knight Rises. For sure. But I will say I revisit Dark Knight Rises a lot more. Really? I've seen The Dark Knight. I, I think I revisit this way more than Dark Knight Rises. Oh, yeah. That's that's where we differ. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, my God. The Dark Knight Rises podcast will be insufferable. All the Bane voices. Of course. <laughs> oh, it's just going to be the fucking worst. Mm-hmm. It's probably inaudible, too. <laughs> That'll be good. You merely adopted the podcast. I was bored in them. I had a whole bit I was going to do that, but I'm not. Um, yeah, I, I easily is number three for me. I, for some reason, this is a movie I watch once every 10 years. I mean, if I could. 2005, so. Really, I, I watch this a lot. I, if I, my like hot takey is. a lot? Yeah, my hot takey is about this movie is that it's the most Batman-y of the, the three movies. Like, this is the most it feels like a Batman movie. Like mm. the Dark Knight is kind of just a crime movie that happens to feature a guy who dresses like Batman in it. Mm-hmm. I think I think the Dark Knight is smart about. I mean, all Batman movies are, are Batman movies. I think that's one of those things about having your long running, iconic character is that Adam West is Batman as much as Clooney, Keaton, Bale, whoever the fuck, like. It's how you stretch it and what new things you can mine from it that I think is where it gets interesting. And I think Nolan was just smart about like not following the setup fully that he sets up here, like taking that one piece of setup and just saying, let's really like deal with the moral conundrums and shit like that. What about um, escalation? Actually, yeah, the escalation and, and the calling card 
And not like not like following up or all the shit. Tell me you didn't have the speech. biggest fucking boner at the end of this movie when he shows the Joker card. Um not boner's not the right word for hmm. this one aspect of my life. Okay. I was just like, tip of the hat, sir. I just well remember done. this and Casino Royale came out, I don't know, probably within a year of each other. It could be wrong, but it well, seems like they came out around the same time. And this was like, oh, this it, completely changed the Bond franchise. This this series yeah. completely changed the Bond franchise. Well, there's this feeling that like you just watched the whole movie and you were like, cool. I want to see the movie where he's like Batman full time now. Or I want to see the movie where he's like Bond full time now, you know? Mm-hmm. But I mean, my, my point is rather than like being like, oh, let's just go track down all of these like escaped Arkham Asylum convicts. They're like, no, no, no. <laughs> let's let's really fucking test Batman. Like, let's rip his soul apart and see what he does. And it, it just was smart. Then getting rid of David Goyer. Yeah. Like David Goyer was apparently brought on by Nolan because he's like, I need a comic book guy. I want to do Batman. I don't really read comics. So give me a comic book guy to give me some some whatever, some coverage. Do you think it's like a thing where like the kind of auteur directors pair themselves with like a hacky writer so that like when their movies come out, anytime you don't like a line of dialogue, you'd be like, oh, that was Goyer, you know, like there's like there's a few cheesy lines in this movie and you can just be like, oh, yeah, that's probably Goyer. Well, did you ever hear this story about like how Nolan came to this? No. It's like, you know. He's got some heat from Memento. He's got some heat, a little bit of heat from Insomnia. And so they, they bring him in and they're like, here's some of the, you know, the open scripts that we have going, you know, anything you're interested in. And it's like, they're not bringing him over to Batman because it's been such a fucking shit show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well of, of horrors. And finally he's just like, what about Batman? <laughs> like he's the guy who he actually said to himself, to them, like I have kind of a take. Mm-hmm. Can I, can I explore that? And which is funny because, a lot of the elements that he picked up were shit that were in all the development hell scripts. Cause uh, I think the other reason this had to be a reboot is supposedly Nicholson's contract was such a fucking Magna Carta for an actor and that he got paid for every movie that was a sequel to the movie he was in, regardless of he was in it. And so it was kind of like eventually they had to reboot it just to break that clause. <laughs> But they were going to bring him back in a whole thing and cast Madonna as Harley Quinn. And there was going to be some fear gas. And he was going to have like a, a Joker hallucination. And they were going to pay Nicholson even more money. He's like a five-minute like brando s cameo. That sounds like Warner Brothers to a T. Oh, there, yeah. was, there was just a bunch of bullshit. And then, of course, the infamous Aronofsky. Gordon has a beer one. and cheats on his wife. Yeah, Gordon has a beer and cheats on his wife. <laughs> a classic meme from before memes existed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, back in the fucking ain't it cool days mm-hmm. of like the internet talking about these movies. I mean, I don't know, whatever. Like we used to have Westerns. Now we have superhero movies. Um, wow. So top moments. Profound. Uh, I have 10. Holy shit balls. I like See, this movie. What can I say? You always, you always surprise me because I'm always just like, all right, well, I got a whole bunch. It's creeping up real high. I don't want to do them all because I'll, mm-hmm. I'll get, I'll get some business from, from him. And then it's like, here I come with my seven. And I'm like, please, sir, can I do seven? And you're like, I got to I got to keep you on your toes. So six of them for last week. I haven't even scrolled down to see what they are. I just added my number seven. So okay. please start us off with your number 10. My honorable mention number seven. Uh, and this is really just, I don't know. I feel like it's, you know, you got to put this one in there. It's just the I'm Batman moment. It's not the best I'm Batman moment, but, you know, it's like, oh, we've been building up to that for like an over an hour. And we finally yeah, got yeah. there. Literally, like an hour, yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, I guess I'll just go right to my honorable mention number six. 
Um, just climbing the mountain in the beginning. Just I like the kind of photography there. I mm. I feel like Nolan loves like going to like glaciers and shit to shoot at. Um, it it looks cool, especially since he does no second unit. There's no second unit on his yeah. films. Yeah, he gets to travel. <laughs> He's like put bail on a mountain. Mm-hmm. The weird little purple ro- flower thing and yeah, the blue yeah. rose or whatever. Yeah. Uh, number five, honorable mention, the rooftop escape in the tumbler as Rachel's fading. Uh, probably more just for, I feel like that might be some of Katie Holmes' best acting in the movie. I feel like she does a really good job of like kind of slipping away, like out of it, you know, like dazed. Like, I don't know. It's then her kind of like vision of Batman under the fear toxin. Um, it's what is her vision of Batman? Like everything, like it's hard to describe visually, but like. The, like, you know, you get her POV of seeing him, you know, and it's like everything. There's like these weird streaks everywhere. And like Batman is like almost demonic. I think you're thinking of the Scarecrow. No, I think you see it a little bit with her. He's, he's not as bad, person, but I think she's the one person that you don't see what she sees. No, you see her. You definitely see her looking out the window where it's like it, there's just like streaks of light. And like it's like it's yeah. like her consciousness is like, you know, disintegrating. I didn't think he ever saw what she, the way she saw Batman, though. All right. Which I think is I think is the smart choice because, as a viewer, it helps you keep the romance. Sure. <laughs> These two characters. <laughs> uh, is this where I jump in? Uh, yeah. Go ahead and jump in. Uh, mine is literally the one you just mentioned. It's the Bat Tumbler chase sequence. It's it's my last edition, last minute addition to this list. Um. Nolan is really good with action and big spaces, and he's really good with like car chases, which seems like a surprising thing to me about him. But um, and his car chases don't always make logical sense later on, but like in the moment, they just fucking work. Like when he goes off the one thing and he's just like going on that roof of that rickety old building, mm-hmm. it sure as fuck looks cool. And like you said, I think that's some of the best acting from Katie Holmes, um, who's not. Let's just say she's not terrible in this movie i don't know if it's I know. Like a we'll get to katie moment, later yeah but i just I, I a week later i'm still thinking about the tumblr and thinking about how when they announced that was like the batmobile of the movie divorce from context i remember thinking like that looks ridiculous that's like some kind of frank miller nonsense and the movie it totally works all right uh my honorable mention number four is going to be when bruce sends his dinner yes home uh <laughs> Stop smiling. It's not a joke. Please leave. Yeah. <laughs> uh, similarly, my number six is the hotel scene when he shows up in a sports car meant for two. So he has two models of him. They have one has to sit in the other's lap. Um, he's having dinner party chat with who the fuck knows who these people are, but also Rutger Hauer RIP is there and one of the chicks from following. Um, and then the girls go swimming and the waiter comes over to politely ask him to stop. And Bruce Wayne just like, writes the waiter a check to buy the hotel and puts in his pocket. I'm not sure if you can do that, but sure, yeah. I don't think that's how it works, but then he like <laughs> he just puts it in his pocket and he goes and goes splashy splashy with the girls. Uh yeah. it's because like Alfred literally just told him, you know, go buy things that aren't for sale. Yeah. Be seen with a girl. Yeah. I forgot I had the I had the full dialogue here from the the scene I mentioned. Bruce says, mm, I'm not finished. To all you uh all you phonies all you two-faced friends, you sycophantic suck-ups who smile through your teeth at me, please, leave me in please. Please go. Stop smiling. It's not a joke. Please leave. 
the party's over, get out. Oh, I love that scene. It's so awkward and just like cringy. Because you just like, you see like the people, they're smiling up until he tells them not to. And then they're just like, ugh. Well, and it's funny because so prior to this, obviously Christian Bale was Patrick Bateman, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone knows that. He was that was I, I think it's still yeah. one of his standout roles, you know. He brings um, a little he brings just the right amount of touch of Patrick Bateman to his Bruce Wayne. And then he was the villain in the in Shaft. First Shaft remake. Yeah. Re, remake slash sequel slash whatever. Playing basically Patrick Bateman or Bruce Wayne, but without any panache without any purpose he was just basically he like was just racist he was just don jr yeah yeah basically <laughs> uh, yeah i just love that line you sycophantic suck-ups that's that's some good uh s words there mm-hmm. all right where are we at my honorable mention number three uh when dr crane tells falcone that his boss is coming just that kind of that little conversation there where mm-hmm. he he goes to crane goes to falcone to be like hey you gotta like stop like sending your goons to me to like claim insanity and i don't know just the whole thing where crane's threatening falcone um and falcone i think falcone has a line where it's just like maybe we'll just kill you you know or something like that and crane's just like yeah you wouldn't be saying that to my boss or where the line is you know like it's just it's like crane is clearly a middleman but like Mm -hmm. scary nonetheless because of who he seemingly represents you don't know who but you know He's coming here. That's mm-hmm. what Tom Wilkinson says. Yeah. Uh, my number five is it's two parts, but the first part it's two. It's a runner-up. The first part, though, is quite simply that character you just mentioned, Jonathan Crane, played by Killian Murphy as the Scarecrow. Would you like to see my mask? <laughs> He's so good in this little role, and I again, this is an actor who was in contention for Batman, but I think the thing about could Killian not Murphy, see that at all. No, I, but I think the thing about Kelly Murphy in these two, like, pretty in an androgynous way to, like, be a full-on leading man in a lot of conventional roles. Well, he really, like, gets a workout of this, like, droopy lips as Crane. Like, he always has this kind of, like, kind of, like, put out, like, annoyed look. Like, he's kind of, like, you know, stuck in a ferment, like, kind of duck face frown. I mean, there's a really dumb movie called Red Eye. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Rachel Which McAdams. He's, he's, yeah, he's pretty good as like the the charming guy who's like the first the first mm-hmm. third of that movie is like before sunset, and then he's just like, by the way, I'm a fucking creep. Yeah. Just yeah, <laughs> he's really good. The whole like, do you want to see my mask? It's like he's trying to pivot to something that interests him, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, I love that it's just the dumb burlap sack that he puts mm-hmm. on, but it works. Um, the runner up to that moment because I didn't want to, I didn't want to extend too far mm-hmm. was. Later, after the shit's gone down, and Scarecrow's just re- riding a fire-breathing horse, and then getting taped by Rachel, yeah. <laughs> and then just like riding off, kind of you know, half slumping out of the saddle. There, yeah. The uh, the nightmare sequences with the gas, they're like remarkably subtle, and like they're always surprised me. Like the choices that were made, they always seem right. I don't know. Like a different a different fucking director would have just gone fucking bananas with some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Minor relinch number two is um, kind of just after the scene you mentioned earlier when Bruce runs into Rachel at the hotel after going for a swim. Um, mm-hmm. Because I feel like it's a really great Bruce Wayne moment where he's he just has played the part and maybe enjoyed himself a little doing it, you know. But then he runs into Rachel and it's it's good, number one, just because... It, 
anytime you have like the two characters out and seeing each other in like years and like one of them thought the other was dead or something, that's always like a good moment. And then it's compounded by him like he's being like this kind of doofus playboy billionaire. And and he he has to play that role, but at the same time, he really like he's he's like, hey, I'm not always like this, you know. And she's just like, oh, Bruce, you haven't changed at all. Yeah, yeah. Well, so prior to this, I would have said like I would have said like I think Michael Keaton's one of my favorite Bruce Wayne's. I think the thing about Michael Keaton's Bruce Wayne is it's pretty straightforward. He just plays it as like a weird eccentric, yeah. Yeah, and like that's kind of just his affect. Mm-hmm. Whereas Christian Bale, especially. His Bruce Wayne in public is always playing like three different things yeah. at once. Mm-hmm. In this scene and in the, you know, the smiling sycophants. Uh, my number four is kind of long. It's after Joe Chill's been killed, Rachel drives Bruce straight to where Carmine Falcon lives. Oh, I, have the, I have all the dialogue for that if you want it. Oh, wait a second. Mm-hmm. This is during that period where Bruce Wayne is like somewhere between 19 and 30. Um, like everyone knows that, that this is where Carmine Falcon is like holed up. As long as he keeps the rich people rich and the corrupt people corrupt, it doesn't matter. And it's like, that's so. America in 2019, it hurts. But then also, you know, Bruce Wayne is like, he turns to her and he's just like, whatever. Like, I'm not a good dude. I wanted to murder that guy. So she slaps him. Mm-hmm. She slaps him again. Slaps him twice. <laughs> yeah. I remember in the theater, the audience was pretty chill throughout this movie up until that point. Really? And then you just, the one woman go, ooh, ooh. <laughs> and then the audience was just like, they were eating every moment they were supposed to eat up. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I, I guess we'll save it for the quotes. I have that whole scene there because that's there's some good dialogue there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, where are we at? My number four is the same moment. Okay, yeah. Cool. <laughs> Rachel slaps Bruce and tells him off. Yeah, slap him twice. Yeah. I mean, she definitely. I feel like she's a little rough in an earlier scene in the movie, but she's really good there. Mm-hmm. She's she's not bad. Mm-hmm. I might like her more than Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yeah, we'll get into that. Um, my number three is you partially covered it. It's everything in the mansion at the birthday party, including we'll talk about it more as we talk about the movie. But when Bruce Rain confronts Rasha Ghul or Rasha Ghul or Raza Ghul or whatever you want to pronounce it, well, as, you got the, the you got the old woman with the uh, uh, did I say it right, Mister Raz Al Ghul? I love that moment. Yeah. yeah. Well, I love that that woman. He his first response is that's not possible. He's dead, and that woman like it's like okay, that's, <laughs> peace it, out. She pieces out, which makes me wonder like does she work for Raz or yeah? Yeah, she's just this hype man. But I love Liam Neeson's ridiculous villain speech about civilization needing to be purged with corruption and decadence. Mm-hmm. Liam Neeson, I don't know. I think other people might think he's the worst part of this movie. I think he's so fun, and this is before he did. Taken or cold pursuit. I don't think I would call him the worst part of this movie by far. No, I think he's I think he's fucking nailings. This is also it's that period where Liam Neeson always played like your mentor father figure who got mm-hmm. killed first act. And here he's kind of doing that. I think he does it again in Widows. I haven't seen Widows though, but that's me. Over the ages our weapons have grown more sophisticated. With Gotham, we tried a new one, economics. <laughs> Like, what other cities have they been burning? And I love that the League of Shadows has a real, like, burn Gotham to the ground boner that lasts for two more movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. My number three is, uh, just, this is a classic superhero moment when Bruce kind of uh, reveals himself to Rachel by how he responds to her uh, mm-hmm. and then flies away. Uh, it's just like, you don't get this as much in the Marvel movies, maybe because most of them, well, some of them don't fly. Like, mm-hmm. 
I guess you maybe get it with Iron Man a little, but like the whole the superhero in their love interest, the superhero is off to save the city and the, the love interest is stuck there kind of watching them go. You know, I feel like that was a big staple in like Batman and Superman movies for sure. Um, mm. And it's, I don't know, it always works for me. I think the problem with where the Marvel movies are now is that you need really talented filmmakers and a clear vision to nail the iconic moments of each character. You know what I mean? Like there's character moments and then there's like those kind of big, larger in life. Like this is the, the mythic moment. Yeah. yeah. The legend of this person that, that's mm-hmm. been like building this. Whereas like, I feel like Marvel's good at character moments, but not as good at those kind of like iconic yeah. moments. Yeah. But like with Batman, you've got to be a real fucking hack to mm-hmm. fuck that up. Like Zack Snyder. Well, and and that the, the way they, they kind of combine two things, they combine the uh, Rachel's just discovered that Bruce is Batman and the uh, it's the classic like hero, you know, flying off to save the day moment at the same time, you know. Correct me if I'm wrong. As he's flying over the narrows right after mm. that, they see him like breathing fire. Yeah. <laughs> I love that breathing fire is like a big motif in this. Um, speaking of those moments, the myth making, my number two is Batman walking through Arkham Asylum with the bats as his cover. And again, it just, it just nails the iconography and the pageantry when he calls the bats with like the little shoe thing and then mm. he like dives down the the spiraling staircase there with the wings open i mean it's a beautiful image and i almost think maybe nolan nails this more than tim burton did See, it's, to me that, that i feel like there's like a big book of like batman tropes somewhere at warner brothers where it's like mm. they just had like batman has device that calls bats to him and walks through them like i feel like that was just like in the hopper and it's just like waiting for like you know them to, to need it for a script somewhere I mean, it's, it's it's literally a moment from Frank Miller's mm-hmm. year, um, which maybe the best thing Frank Miller ever did, and then he should retire thereafter. I really yeah. wonder what your number one is, and if it's my number two. Um, did you just do your number two? I'm about to do my number two. Well, I will say that you have already done my number one. Okay, interesting. Well, my number two is swear to me. I, it was like, almost on my list. It really was. I love that moment. So to me, yeah, that's much better than the I'm Batman moment. You know what? There's a there's a reason we mock it so hard. There's a reason that's lasted on the Oh, that's not mocking. That's just, just pure love. No, so it's 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 beautiful. I this is the only movie, this is the only role that Mark Boone Jr. should ever claim on his IMDb. <laughs> What's the matter with falafel? <laughs> He's kind of playing the Eckhart, sir, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do we got down there? Uh, it's Eckhart, sir. Dear God. <laughs> All right, what's your number one? My number one is when Batman tells Rachel it's not who he is underneath, mm-hmm. it's what he does that defines him. And she's like, holy motherfucker. Bruce Wayne wasn't a rich asshole the entire time. She has a little bit of like a sploosh moment. Um, I know, but this not. is like, yeah, seriously, like also she clicked the car, right? Like I love that Batman Forever actually touched upon way ahead of its time the idea that somebody might be attracted to Batman mm-hmm. anyway. Um, but like, it's, it's a great moment. I kind of wish they had played it up even more. I don't know if like a more talented actor in the Rachel Dawes role could have nailed the reaction better, but I thought she was fine. I thought it was a great fucking moment. He's like, he finally gets to tell her because on some, some, some aspect, this has all been about proving something to Rachel. And he finally gets to tell her, I'm not a piece of shit. Like, I'm not just a privileged douchebag. I'm fucking Batman. Yeah. 
All right. Well, my number one, perhaps this is a weird number one. I just feel like this particular actor really nailed his uh, small moments in this movie was when mm-hmm. uh, Bruce goes to talk to Falcone uh, mm-hmm. in his like uh, weird restaurant under an overpass or whatever that place People is. People always fear it. They don't understand, yeah. Mr. Wayne. People from, from your world have so much to lose. Now you think because your mommy and daddy got shot, you know about the ugly side of life, but you don't. You never taste it desperate. You're, uh, you're Bruce Wayne, the Prince of Gotham. You'd have to go a thousand miles to meet someone who didn't know your name. So don't, don't come down here with your anger trying to prove something to yourself. This is a world you'll never understand. And you always fear what you don't understand. He's like just going to hit home mm-hmm. further the thesis of this movie. But this is why you can't. I'm so glad they cast Tom Wilkinson and not like James Gandolfini. This is like right before Michael Clayton, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where I was like, holy shit, Wilkinson's fucking got it. I mean, the, yeah, you got Spirit Kid. I'll give you that. More than your old man, anyway. And the joint, Chill told me, uh, told me about the night he killed your parents. He said your father begged for mercy. Begged. begged. Like a dog. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, and just that, that scene, just kind of Bruce realizing how in over his head he is. And like, you know, like the Falcone threatens, hey, I could just like shoot you right here and no one would do anything, you know? Bang! Bang! Yeah. Well, like they cut over to like, there's the judge. There's the judge, yeah. <laughs> some girl yeah uh that scene is like i just but it's, it's there's like this brilliant structure of this movie that just feeds into these scenes um i don't want to i don't want to like ape it too much but there's a nerd writer video about like what Zack snyder doesn't get is that there's moments and there's scenes mm-hmm. and Zack snyder thinks that he can do a whole movie of moments whereas nolan has found his perfect tapestry for these all these great scenes yeah exactly all right. Well, that was my number one. Do you have any complaints? Uh, it's not so much a complaint. I just wrote down a note here that it's interesting how the fear gas does different things for different people. Like, I don't know. Maybe it's dependent on how fear affects individuals differently. But well, I, I feel like with Rachel, she gets like such a blast that it's like supposedly going to kill her. That like maybe <laughs> like that it. like goes to another level. You know, there's a great hand wavy thing where he's like, well, the mind can only handle so much. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Maybe controversial. I know I had uh, the rooftop escape on my list of things I liked. I never loved the tumbler. Um, especially I don't like the part where like the driver has to lie down at certain points. That always just seemed dumb to me. I don't like why can't he just drive? Yeah, what is the fucking point of like your chair like tips you forward and now you're lying down and like tilting your head cool. back to drive? Like what how does that make you a better, like more combat effective person, you know? Well, like I'm watching it and it's like, I thought, okay, so it's just for just the missile aspect, but he's also driving while he's yeah. in that position. So he's basically like, laying do you think you'd drive better if you were lying down? I don't think I would. Yeah. Like he's boogie boarding. Well, and then what are you, how are you? You got to like tilt your head back just to look forward. Yeah. I just, I don't. Yeah. Well, so she, can he mm-hmm. in that fucking cow, that fucking neck brace of a cow? Can he even lift his head to do that? So she's just like looking at his ankles mm-hmm. <laughs> as he's driving this thing. I never like the. Well, she also has a moment where like suddenly he starts scooting towards her because of it, and she's like, "Uh, what?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's already tripping balls, like fear balls. Yeah, but like, I never like the front of the tumbler. Um. Yeah, the back's better. I kind of like the just the way they were like, you know what? What if this part and that part just shot off to make a giant motorcycle? Yeah, that was a big improvement. But um, like this whole thing, like it jumps across chasms and creates bridges. Like, 
Sure. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I guess it makes sense that it was like a boondoggle that never went anywhere, you know? Um, Other minor complaint. I feel like some of the like fight filmmaking choreography is kind of bland. Nolan's never been really good at that. Like, it's it's just a lot of quick cuts, you know? Well, I I get what he's going for. I get the choice about like basically you're going to, because that that whole sequence. Batman fights with his elbows a lot. Yeah. Yeah. When that you like, well, it's a Nolan movie. So it's like everything that's in the first hour has a payoff or has mm-hmm. a reason, but like the whole thing of the, the forearms and the thing that catch blades, but like the doc sequence is entirely set up like a horror movie. And so it's like, this is what the criminal siege, this blur mm-hmm. of action. It's much smarter in dark Knight, where they're like, yeah, he's going to fight three guys, but you're going to see the fight. You're going to see mm-hmm. punches and kicks and things. Yeah. Yeah. And those are really my only two complaints. I mean, it is amusing that this movie heavily features the narrows and those are never heard of again. Mm-hmm. The narrow seemed cool. Like visually. Yeah, yeah. Let's put our uh, low income shanty town right next to the asylum. It's like some sort of like landfill in the middle of the the river or something like that, you know? Well, I think the thing is if you brought the narrows back, you'd get that plot line where it's like, I'm the greedy real estate developer Mm -hmm. who's going to like organize crime so the value shoots down. Lower than it presumably is. Oh, and then build a bunch of luxury condos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gentrify the Narrows. Yeah, yeah. I presume rent in the Narrows is like 15 bucks. <laughs> Change it into gonna... like like the Gotham River Estates or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, I think it's time for a general discussion. What did you think about the black and white logo that started? It really reminded me of, uh, what's it called? Uh, Casino Royale. Yeah, I'd say prior to that, the the first logo you see, the DC logo, they mm-hmm. really were trying to have that Marvel logo. Well, the stupidest thing about the the Marvel versus DC stuff is that like Marvel is playing with its hands trying to be ahead its back this whole time. Like DC had everything. Like Warner Brothers owned DC. They had all their characters, and it's like, how are you screwing this up so so bad so constantly? You know? Yeah. Well, now you mean? But even then, it never seemed like they could get it together. It was always like. Like, oh, man, Marvel could, you know, you could never do this on the X-Men because they don't own the rights to all these characters. But DC, man, they have everything. And yet, like, they can't even get a Batman and Superman movie going. Well, I think, oh, my God, I I really am wondering if I could recite all of the attempted Batman Mm -hmm. movies. But, like, the fact that they went through, I think it's five ideas they're all radically different. And it was like, whichever one has even a little bit of juice they were going to go with is, is how just creatively bankrupt they were. And they were all like atrocious. It's fucking atrocious. And they did that Catwoman movie. Oh yeah. What is Which is for? funny because it came out of the fact that I guess, uh, uh, Burton literally wanted to do a Catwoman movie with Michelle Pfeiffer. Mm-hmm. And then when that fell through, Warner brothers was just like Catwoman movie. We don't really care what it consists of. <laughs> Like that, like then again, isn't there like Benjamin Bratt? I think so. There's like a atrocious basketball scene that I've seen too. Famously bad basketball scene. Um, and the the fact that they cast almost cast like Josh Hartnett in this movie, or they almost cast Ashton Kutcher as Superman in that Mm -hmm. Wolfgang Peterson movie, or the guy from uh, um, what's that ridiculous Canadian sci-fi time travel show we like? Oh yeah, yeah, the I can't even think of his name. Yeah, the, uh, from I mean, Continuum. Yes. Yeah, yeah, almost became Superman. He didn't want to sign to a three picture deal. <laughs> no, no, I'd rather do Canadian television. You're Superman, come on. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I just the the fact that like, but these were more manageable though. I mean, I could get with like the X Men, the amount of characters, the type of superpowers, all that shit. I get where that's like, okay, that seems like a logistical nightmare. We can't afford to do it. We can't certainly don't have the effects to make it look good. I get that for a long, long time. And then Brian Singer comes along, and it's just like, what if I cast mostly nobodies, and a few actors who like they need this real bad. And it's like low budget comparatively. Like Magneto does a big grand gesture and he lifts up all two cars. cars. Yeah. And he'll still be doing that like 19 movies later because Brian Singer never evolved as a director. And it's like we've cast this nobody, this musical star named Hugh Jackman. who has got a ridiculous name. He's going to be our Wolverine, which is a big linchpin role. But right up until like two weeks in the production, it was going to be Dugray Scott. And everyone (laughs) thought that was okay. Jesus. But I mean, like Batman, it's like this. This should be a, a home run. Like you don't have to do it as big. You don't have to do it as expensive, and you just need somebody with vision who's just like, I have a little bit of clout and I know how to make it. I mean, they happen. definitely they had to recover from the Schumacher movies, you know. Yeah, and like which, the excesses of those. Batman Forever was was fine with me. It was, it was like not my favorite, but it was fine. Batman and Robin, I remember going to go see on my birthday and just being like sad <laughs> anyway this movie that, that's when i grew up yeah <laughs> no i i remember that was the first time i i thought i liked a movie and then saw it again and realized that i didn't yeah yeah um, that, was, that was the first time i realized that it was okay to like not like a movie i went and saw because when you're young you go to see the movie you like the movie you know but also your heroes will let you down mm-hmm. yeah, um, like like young bruce wayne here who's kind of a dick yeah but the bats swarming around kind of making the batman logo I kind of enjoyed this when I first watched this movie. I kind of love it now. It's cool. I mean, they always do something weird with the logo at the beginning. You know, the he, ice or um, the fog or whatever. Do they really do this in Dark Knight? Dark Knight Rises? I they, don't recall. They do something. In the Dark Knight Rises, it's ice that forms a bat logo. In mm. the Dark Knight, it's like that. I, oh, it's, that's what it is. At it's the like that weird. The movie? Yeah, at the beginning of the movie. It's, there's like this weird, like, blue explosion thing at the beginning of uh, the Dark Knight. That's what it is. Okay. Um, but yeah, then it cuts like that swirl of bushes as like Bruce is running. Bruce is uh, he's a little dick, man. He's like playing the whole like my my house, like my possessions thing where he like steals this arrowhead she found and runs away with it. I mean it serves him right. Well, he's, his leg. he's like, You're the help. Mm-hmm, basically. <laughs> also, just classic rich white pip squeak. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess we get kind of the definitive Bruce Wayne's parents getting killed flashback sequence in this. Like, this is really all we need. We never need to see it again after this movie. Yeah. But you'll see it again. I mean, I feel like this was probably the most fleshed out of all them because you, you saw it a lot in the earlier Batman movies, but it was always just kind of. I mean, I guess he, he kind of got it in. I'm trying to murder. In, in the first Batman, do we actually see it or is there like a weird replay where Batman like shows up and. Isn't, isn't there a thing with, like, another family? In, yeah, at the very beginning, yes. Yeah. And then you see his origin later mm-hmm. as, a, as a dream nightmare Yeah, thing. yeah. But this, this one felt dance with pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Mm-hmm. Pick one scene from this movie, mm-hmm. and then tell me what it's like when you imagine Robert Pattinson in it. Uh, I mean, I think their Batman's going to be different, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't you want to see Robert Pattinson like audition with like the uh, stop smiling? Mm-hmm. This isn't a joke. I mean, I guess there's just gonna. I don't know if it's gonna be an origin story, but it's gonna be a youngish Batman. You know, 
I mean, like, all you really, here's the thing. I don't think you need, like, Batman is not Hamlet, you know? You don't need, Mm -hmm. like, a master thespian to play Batman. You need somebody with a good chin who -hmm. can, like, speak in a gravelly voice. That's really, that's and and some charisma, yeah, but that's really all you need. Like, it's not like this is, like, just, man, you know, great actors over the years have tackled this role and failed, you know, it's so complex or whatever. It's like, no, it's just fucking Batman. You know, like you don't need to be a master thespian. Like you just need to kind of be able to play to the, you know, the kind of corny charm of the superhero. I would disagree if you're common only in the sense that for you to go see Hamlet and to say, okay, here's a, here's a rich white guy that I have to care about him brooding for two to four hours whatever those qualities are were the same qualities that work just fine for Batman. Cause it's like somewhat, although there's a lot, lot less of, dialogue from Batman. It, would dep- and it depends on, on what he's, what he's wearing and how much he's Batman, how much he's Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was just kind of wondering, cause you know, like with the bond movies, because Barbara Broccoli, like probably first orgasm during the scene in from Russia of love, they all, or maybe Michael Broccoli, um, they or Michael G. Wilson. They always have the actor audition with that one scene from from Russia of Love, mm-hmm. like you just saw on Twitter the other day, like they someone put out like the Sam Neill one from uh, The Living Daylights when he auditioned for that, and it's like I kind of wonder like what is the Batman scene from all the movies where the actors always have to audition with that? Because I think Christian Bale had the audition in um, Clooney's costume. Oh Jesus! Just like uh, Henry tough. Cavill had to audition in um, not Brandon Rose, but like one of the old Christopher Reeve yeah, costumes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's there's always like something like there's still some long I mean, what, sense that what would that, be that. if you had to pull from this movie what would your Batman scene be to have like uh, somebody like uh, Robert Pattinson audition with yeah. or other people mm-hmm. Ooh, that's a good question um, I feel like these, there's not a ton of actual Batman in this movie but the thing is though is is because again in this particular movie Bale is doing a lot of different things, a lot of different modes and he's playing. So on one hand, I want him to do the speech at the birthday party or I want him to do the, I'm buying this hotel. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I just, I kind of wonder like, couldn't an actor just nail that scare me? I think it's time fear or criminals share that fear, you know? See, like, I feel like the scene has to be in the Batman suit though. Yeah. 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 That's a good point. Yeah. Well, yeah, definitely in this then, but also the smart thing about like, let's make this a Bruce Wayne movie with like, 10 minutes of Batman is you don't have to do the fucking thing where he keeps taking the mask off. Yeah, seriously. Like, like a Spider-Man three, I think that was the absolute nadir where like venom of all characters just kept like mm-hmm. being like, haha, I'm Topher grace, which is even more horrific. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. Um, so after that stuff of like little rich boy, pipsqueak, we go to the movie movie. It's very beginning where Bruce Wayne's like this Eurasian prison somewhere. Uh, <laughs> Indeterminate. Uh, Asian country, maybe, maybe like Nepal. I don't know. There's a mountain. It's not it's Everest, but Bhutan. okay. I think it's supposed to be done, but but this is the first time of at least two, maybe three different instances of the movie where somebody's just like, "What were you dreaming about?" Yeah, because <laughs> you dream real loud, guy. I like how he hikes all the way to the top of the place and then they start kicking his ass. He's just like, I can barely stand. <laughs> what do you mean? Uh, it, oh, when he gets oh. to the League of Shadows. Oh, 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 yeah. I'm just thinking in the prison, though. Mm-hmm. Where the movie is like five minutes in, let's have Bruce Wayne beat up seven dudes in the fucking slop. Yeah, like, there's there's sure. a little bit of mighty whitey going on here for sure. Yeah. Well, and then and then 
It's like he just wants to be in jail to like so he can be close to criminals, understand them, beat the shit out of them, avoid his privilege, which I think is how you get around it's the ultimate privilege. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think that's how you get around the kind of conservatives claiming Batman is their hero to a certain degree. Like, I don't think he wants to be the little rich boy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and then Ducard shows up and he's just like, this is a fucking joke. <laughs> You're fooling yourself. <laughs> go, to the, go to the east side of the mountain and pick this, you know, flower and then climb the mountain. And he yeah. does it. Like, I just like, what would he do if like, I don't know, he decided to bail halfway through? Does he just die? Like, he just has like this knapsack. Does he have a sat phone in there? Or what if he just hiked to a, an airport yeah. and called Alfred there? Yeah. But I love that he, like, the card's just like, I know, ex- I've read this dude. I know exactly how to get him. Symbology. <laughs> what is up like, with this, the facial this hair? Card has, like, read his mind yeah. to a certain degree. What is up with the facial hair for both the Ducard and the fake Ra's al Ghul here? Is that supposed to be like a hint? I think so, because they have like the same weird facial hair, kind of, like like their chin. Yeah, yeah. Um, you have to feel real bad for, for Ken. He, Ken Watanabe, yeah, does not have a lot to do here. And they, they put him in this trailer. I always feel like uh, like Inception was like kind of like payback for doing nothing in this movie. It, it was apparently that was mm-hmm. like no one's gone on record. He's like, I owe you. I owe he's you great a real world. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. It's like, thank God. No, this carpet. Then you get the, the, you get actually get a scene of Descartes and Bruce, like Leonis and the Christian Bell, just by the fire, just brown out talking about, I once had a wife, my great love who was taken from me, who, if I'm trying to remember correctly, he, by taken from me, he means I threw her in an underground jail. I don't even remember. Yeah. No, I don't think he did. I feel like someone else did. But there's a great sentiment, though, in this, though, that he sometimes sits around and wishes that she had never existed at all. And then he would be spared this pain. Mm, yeah, I'm sure she wishes that, too. <laughs> what do you think about the Wayne family? And they're just like, oh, we built this great train for the city. It happens to run right through our uh, giant high rise like complex. Which makes us the de facto center of the city. Yeah, we're you're always going to know who the fuck we are, yeah. what we've given you. Well, he's also, a, here's my wife who doesn't say shit. He's a doctor, so I guess like the family already has like a, a massive money, and he just like, I, like the impression I get is that like it's a super ass rich family. They have mm-hmm. so much money that he can just go to med school and be like a doctor for free. Or something like or I spend like my run time a clinic. at the hospital. Yeah, people run our family's company, and again, here's your mother who has one line in this movie. Mm-hmm. Well, he also has like, a, if it had just been like your your mother runs the company would have been one thing. He has a move too, where it's like uh, when he's talking to Bruce, like young Bruce there, and Bruce is like, "I was scared," and he's just like, "Oh, it's gonna be okay, little kid." Hey, what do you think of these pearls I got your mom? Like yeah. it just like totally changes that subject immediately. Yeah. Um. Again, my concern is this is a super idealized version of dad. If the parents had been killed, Bruce would have grown up to be like Eric Trump. Just, <laughs> my another, just another fail son. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and a little insensitive on the dad's part to like, he knows the kid just got scared by a bunch of bats. Let's go to an opera that's all about bats. Yeah. Let's go to fucking Mephistopheles mm-hmm. of these bat fucking people. You so got your dad killed Bruce. Opera. 
Well, it's like, is he a psychiatrist? No. Like, is he like, is he purposely giving his kid like exposure therapy? No. Um, there's an interesting thing of Nolan where he talked about how, like, for the nerds online, like, it was a big deal that they weren't going to go see the Marco Zorro. Mm-hmm. And Nolan was just like, you know, I, I couldn't wrap my head around it. It's like this deconstructionist thing when a movie character in a movie goes to watch a movie. I needed it to be something more real. So he went to go see a, 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 the opera. Mm-hmm. Whatever. It told the story I was telling. But they leave. They get killed immediately after they walk out on the scummy side of the opera. I mean, I don't know. Do you need like a two minute long scene there before Joe Chill shows up? Well, I'm just saying, why didn't you go out the front door? <laughs> That's because uh, dad's a dunce. He's, he got themselves killed. Yeah. Also, parents get killed. Dad's dying. Kids like sitting over his dad's body, not not sitting over his mom's body. And the dad's like, don't be afraid, which I feel like just fucks with Bruce even more. And Bruce is just thinking to himself, Martha. <laughs> why did you say that name? Why did you say that name? So yeah, Bruce Wayne will grow up to be desperate for father figures, also to put on leather and beat the shit out of people for fun. We get young Gordon here. He's like a lieutenant or something. Yeah. Gordon's yeah. fine in this movie. I feel like, I don't know, he doesn't have a ton to do. I think I read that uh, uh, they offered Ducard to Gary Oldman and he turned it down because he's done that role mm-hmm. plenty of times. My only issue with uh, what's-his-face uh, in this Gary Oldman is that he mumbles. He he delivers a lot of his lines in a mumble that can get annoying. I wonder if that's like him trying to do not his accent. Could be, yeah. I I I mean I like Gary Oldman in general, like especially in Dark Knight. He's fine in Dark Knight Rises with I only hope you have a friend like I did. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, we get the flashback where we find out when he's grown up that you know Bruce still feels guilt over his parents' death, and also apparently Alfred is the legal guardian guardian, the butler became the legal guardian. Sure. Nobody else lives in that mansion except for those two guys. So he oh, wakes up. Michael Caine like, is Alfred. Pretty good Alfred. I know the the other guy is like a classic and all that. The other guy is is in He's, classic movies. Yeah. That's let's put that way. It's not like Michael Go is like knocking out of the fucking park. His Alfred is very standard. Right. So I feel like this Alfred is uh I mean, especially when you get to the Dark Knight, he's a little weird. Like this Alfred is like very gung ho about like Oh, messed away, and you've returned, and you want to be a weird vigilante. Cool. I'll help you. Immediately. Immediately. His first comment is just, I assume, my name's Michael Caine, by the way, I assume you're going to want to protect your identity to protect the ones closest to you. Mostly me. Uh, But also... He 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 never pushes back. He has a line or two. Well, yeah, later. Which which you have a whole fucking prequel show in which Alfred's like a secret agent superhero. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like the one flashback, he's like, you know, back in the present talking about this with Liam Neeson and it's presented as if he woke up and Ducard was just like, Hey bro, what do you dream about? <laughs> What's going on in that head of yours? Uh, I get the whole theatricality and deception. It's a uh, powerful, powerful, powerful tools for the uninitiated. Yeah. But we all uh, initiated, aren't we, Bruce? This is, well, that's, that was pretty good. Not just the voice, but like you really got the the reverb echo. <laughs> Whatever you just did, keep doing that. Um, of course. <laughs> I remember you and I, did we download the pitch shifted prologue to Dark Knight Rises? <laughs> yeah, there's like we the just, like, bootleg. over it. Yeah. The bootleg like pitch shifted prologue to the Dark Knight Rises at the, in the airplane. Yeah. And just the watched it for like, like 20 times straight. Oh, <laughs> 
But like it was pitch shifted. That's how they got around to like whatever their algorithms not yeah. finding it. And that was like we watched it so many times that it was burned into our memory. So it felt a little weird. Yeah, it's like when you've listened to a song so many times that when you hear like the live version, it's it's weird to hear it, you know. Uh, but yeah, this is anyway, this this montage is where Bruce started to realize that darkness was his ally. Um, everything in Ninja School comes back up later. That's kind of Nolan's thing. Um, it's weird, how, like arm guard things. Yeah. Yeah. Is Rachel? She's got to be like older than Bruce, right? No, I think they're supposed to be the same age. I mean, is she working as a lawyer during the Joe Chill? I don't think she is, although it's hard to tell. She's at Princeton, and it seems like she's already working for the DA. Yeah, who knows? I mean, maybe he's in grad school or something. I mean, his his 19 to 30 haircut there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's just basically, it's like, it's the thing in the office where Michael Scott, like, tried to make his hair look like Jim's. Mm -hmm. Um, So... The one of the most unbelievable parts of this movie is that we get Bruce Wayne, super rich college kid, is going to wear a denim shirt to his parents' killer's parole hearing. I don't think so. A denim shirt? No, hmm. no, sir. Now he's been at Princeton too long. Um, Do you think this character is Fox? I don't know. That's that is. I, hmm. I, I, I obviously he fucks in Dark Knight Rises. He uh, probably he, I, did in college. But like, was it like an angry like fuck? Was he just like my parents? Were I, like, I think the, I think the word you're looking for is sport fuck. Yeah, don't just stare at it, eat it. Katie Holmes in this, there there are a couple scenes where she's not great, but I do think she's overall better than Maggie Gyllenhaal as the character of Rachel Dawes. Like, I I don't really like Maggie Gyllenhaal's portrayal. Like Rachel Dawes in The Dark Knight always comes off as kind of like smug and aloof. Like her whole like, Jim Gordon? He's, he's a, a friend, friend of mine. Yeah, just, oh, I hate that delivery so much. It it might be. I mean, I don't want to like vilify someone just for one bad line reading, but it's bad. Yeah, <laughs> it just seems so smug. I love that. Also, that movie implies that she's dated two of her bosses. <laughs> well, so this movie, she's dating the DA, right? Or they they have dated. Like he like just telling like, him that it's her. over now. It doesn't he like kiss her at some point? She tries to, or like I on the cheek just, or something. Like he keeps calling, and mm-hmm. she's just like, "Stop, stop!" Yeah, this is a mistake. Yeah, so it's like she's dated two of her bosses, two DAs. Yeah, yeah, two. D- well, I mean, at least she's. Well, she's the assistant DA. The DA dies in this, and yet in the next movie, she's still the assistant DA, right? Because you have to be elected DA, I guess. You don't just get promoted. I mean, I feel like you could at least be like, "Hey." I, I, like A, I survived, be, and like B, I, I don't know, helps. It seems like that would be the way it should go. It doesn't seem like the, a district attorney is the position that should be beholden to being elected. Mm-hmm. Same thing for sheriff. I don't know why we vote for coroners. That seems odd. <laughs> My only question is, do you like to fuck them or not? Um, yeah, so sometimes Nolan's movies can be like a little cold. I think he's fascinating. Like when he's mining little bits of emotion, there's a great bit in the most surprising place in this movie to me. It's during the parole thing, the look on Joe chill's face mm-hmm. when the judge is like, I understand there's a member of the Wayne family here. And it's like, Joe chill is like holding his breath, like mm-hmm. just dreading what could be said. And then when like Bruce Wayne doesn't say anything or he gets up and leaves, it's like he exhales and he's so relieved. I love uh, the bit with Bruce, like throwing his wallet away, like running off the boat. Like, I feel like that's such a, 
such a boy fantasy, you know, that like if you needed to, you could go hitch right on a boat and like become like a, you know, crime fighting badass or something. I think that's a superior image to like riding the rails. Mm-hmm. Um, also, do you remember when like Ray Cerbeja got like roles in movies? No. Who's that? Joe Chill? No, Ray Cerbeja is the hobo who gets the. Uh, oh, that the guy. Coat. He yeah. used to have. He was first of all, he was the villain in The Saint. Um, he's an eyes wide shot. He's been things, you know, prior to this, like in the 90s, they cast him as like mm. your local Croatian. I just figured he was actually homeless and they found him on the street there. Yes, yes. This homeless person who will spend the next 10 to 15 years just in that spot. <laughs> just in, that, in that coat, yeah. It's um, such a good coat. Yeah, it's a nice coat. Um, I always sold that coat for drinking money, personally. That's just me. Unfortunately, um, I have a home. Um, Ducard, I love, though, like, we get back to the present. Ducard's like, the next phase of your training will be psychedelics. <laughs> I did like the bit where, uh, like, the weird choreographed, like, ninja scene here. Where they, they keep on like moving around to like obscure him until he cuts one of them. How many times as if you're Joe Ninja in this this ninja mm-hmm. school, like how many times are you doing this for every new fucking recruit? Do they have it all down? Like they just like know their set yeah. moves, you know? Like their choreography, like they have like a guy who comes in and just like teaches them how to like pop and lock as a ninja. They're just like, Man, I really hope this guy in training like is kind of conscientious enough not to just be wildly swinging a sword when there's other people around, you know? Uh, well, then the one guy gets caught and he's like, Oh, mm-hmm. none, of them, none of the rest ever caught me. Um, so these ninjas have been training for years. Little rich boy climbs up the side of a mountain and Ducard's like, I want you to lead them. Yeah, seriously. I mean, it doesn't seem like, I don't know. How long do you think he's been here? To me, it seems like maybe a couple months. It, it, tops. It tops. Yeah. I mean, I guess you could, if you wanted to, you could be like, no, he was there for two years, but it doesn't really seem like that. And quite possibly half of his training was like, have you ever seen The Shadow starring Alec Baldwin, Mm -hmm. Mr. Wayne? Theatricality and deception, yeah. Uh, But yeah, we talked about a little bit. This is, he started this movie six months after filming The Machinist. So he started a little puffy, then he had to like tone down. Um, He has different levels of puffiness throughout this, but... My God, like Christian Bale's going to have a massive coronary someday. <laughs> so did Batman, did Bruce just like tell Ducard about his fear of bats? So Ducard like knew. I wonder. Or like, was well, he like talking about bats in his sleep or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, bats, leather wings. Mm-hmm. I mean, they talk about their dreams and their fears and stuff by fire, you know. And they, oh, to they, made this up, guy. they made up the line about like, you know, keep your chest warm, your arms and legs oh, take yeah. care of themselves. They're like, we don't know if that's actually sound. It sounds good. It sounds good. I, I, I buy it. But yeah, so Alfred For, comes well, him up. Well, real quick, real Bruce quick. Wayne is like, I can't execute this one man because like due process has not been observed. However, I will like blow up your entire facility and probably kill like 30 of you. Yeah. Yeah. That seems fair. Mm hmm. Also, he doesn't leave um, Ducard for dead. That he scene where he like catches them and has to like kind of like bicep lift him up, man, that just that just looks like torn biceps there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I feel like it's like Alfred gonna come pick me up in the private jet, bring all the painkillers, mm-hmm. like all of them. <laughs> Mister Wayne, we're rich. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, if this was you and me, I would do everything I could to save you. But at a certain point, I'm like, I- I'm sorry, I gotta let you go. This is. 
This is too much. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> not, I mean, right even, now, not even going to carry me to like the random Sherpa who lives on the side I'm of the just, hill. Oh, what if I could get you up off the cliff? Sure, mm-hmm. absolutely. I'll leave you with the Sherpa for realsies. <laughs> I'll leave you a little, little note that just says LOL. <laughs> but I mean, like the whole like holding you off the side of a thing. Come on. I do love the who, shot of him. The shot of him walking up to the plane as it's like retracting the ladder is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. A little, little confidence in that walk, too. Yeah, so Alfred's on board immediately. Coming a symbol, taking on the underworld. Alfred's like, oh, boy. Um, so then we get back to Rachel Dawson, working at the DA's office, fighting off the overtures of her boss. I feel you, sister. Um, Batman spying on them as this happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or Bruce, I should say, yeah. she's She's got to fight off her boss on one side. Got this fucking rich boy stalking her on the other side. <laughs> Man, that's that's too much. It's too real. Um, then there's I, I love the dynamic though. Just Bruce borrowing fancy shit from the company to become Batman. Going spelunking. Yeah, he finds the cave, repels down in there. That's all pretty cool. Finds I mean, all the stuff where he's like coming up with excuses for Morgan Freeman mm-hmm. are just terrific. What do you think about Lucius Fox? Did he exist in the comics or is this a movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, did? he okay. wasn't like necessarily in this role, I don't think. He was just like the friendly executive at the company. Because a lot of, often I mean, He's like on Q in, comics, in this, basically. Yeah, he's basically Q in this. Off and on in the comics, and he, he'll continue to be Q in the next two movies, even though he's running this fucking company. Um, but off and on in the comics, he was like, Bruce would be more involved in like running the company, which is whatever. That's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Um... Yeah, so I like that. Like when it gets to the part where they're like, Bruce is like, "Oh, can we put the the cape together with the suit?" And mm-hmm. it's just like, I don't think we ever thought to market it to the billionaire base jumping spelunking craft. When there, there's this whole subplot with uh, Rucker Hauer as like the kind of sleazy executive Marty. who's going to take them public. Which, I mean, is he really sleazy though? Well, it's, it's he's portrayed like it's a bad thing just because he exists and he's like a rich guy who does, doesn't seem to care about like the Wayne legacy or something, you know, I feel like in a different movie, Rutger Hauer's perspective makes sense. Here's this fucking rich pawn. Yeah. Who partied so hard that people thought he was dead. He comes back, doesn't know anything, doesn't have a degree. I presume if they do any research at all, he's just gone out of Asian jail. I mean, I guess, and he's like, don't worry. We have this in hand. I guess Mr. Roll here, he's a dick when he fires Lucius. Like, that's how you know he's a bad guy, you know? Yeah, yeah. It will be covering up the, mm-hmm. the, the microwave. Vacuum. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, like, again, I guess Nolan's favorite movie is somehow Blade Runner. He showed them. Oh, he showed shocking. them the last crew, Blade Runner. He was like, this is what we're, we're doing. This was his, like, like bone throne. It was like, let's get Rudger Hauer in this. Mm-hmm. Rudger Hauer is just, he's always delightfully weird in a movie well you got this other guy like uh who's it's like their uncle or something the uh kind of like the good executive the apples falling far from yeah. the tree guy yeah that's like nolan's uncle yeah 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 <laughs> he's got a great voice i think he's in dark knight rises too yeah he's a person of interest uh, oh that's right yeah he's the guy who uh is the gets the partner mm-hmm. and hires her okay cool um yeah the waynes were involved in the underground railroad too of course yeah of course yeah <laughs> kind of whitewash that a little bit um, but uh i did I, like, I like that alfred gets like the money logistics behind the whole batman enterprise like 
Like, here's how we acquire the ship, dummy corporations. We'll buy a bulk order here, a bulk order there. We'll put it together ourselves. Is Alfred also it's, like an accountant or a, le- or a lawyer or something? Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? I like the, the there's a short scene where uh, it's what's her face, Rachel Dawes at, her, at the office with the DA there. And he's like, oh, did you see him yet? And she's like, what? Like, I, I don't know. Anytime there's like so and so supposed to be dead and they're back, I, I love those scenes. Mm-hmm. Also, he must not know. Like the history between them, like not fully. I don't know. She might have talked about it. Well, I mean, okay. His parents died, so they're just childhood friends. And then he comes back from Princeton for the one thing and disappears. So I guess really, there's no necessarily presumed. Well, like, did they hang out when they were teenagers? Is the question, you know? Yeah. Or were they like away at private schools or something? Was there like a drunken like hands moment or yeah, who knows? Um, but yeah, I love that Alfred's again, just like putting all this together, you know, we'll go to this company, we'll go to that company, we'll put it together ourselves. And I want Bruce to be like, that's good. That's good work, Alfred. By the way, the dusting in the East Wing is kind of falling <laughs> down. So I don't want you to really like just like neglect your other duties. But you know? uh, I am going to have to dock your pay this week. Because <laughs> this is kind of off the books. You're not getting paid for this part. Also, what am I paying you? <laughs> um, I like the creation of the bat suit with so, like the you know the, the the Kevlar suit and like the harness that he makes into the utility belt and all that. Yeah, yeah. I guess Forbes magazine apparently did a cost analysis of the price of becoming Batman in this movie, and it comes to be about three point five million. That's pretty cheap. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I kind of do think a ski mask. I feel like the military would shell out three hundred thousand. For like, I don't know, the SEALs, you know, or like their special forces. They're not doing it right now. I feel like the Navy SEALs have a lot of gear. Well, not, not like the grunts, but. In Iraq and Afghanistan, was that like families were having to buy body armor and ship it out? Yeah, to their no, definitely. Because the army wasn't providing it. Definitely. But those weren't like special forces. Those were just like, you know, military infantry type stuff. Mm. But yeah, I, I definitely don't see the military shelling out 300,000 for. Like uh, just a regular like marine like stormtrooper type seal, but um, yeah, I could I I don't know for their like navy seals or like rangers or whatever. It wouldn't shock just, me that they're spending a ton on their gear. These we're absolutely going to provide you these sweaty leather fetish gear mm-hmm. outfits. Um, I like at one point though, like the innovation Bruce makes is he cuts off the suspenders and just makes it a belt. <laughs> and, and he then paints when he's it. He's got to paint it. Yeah, yeah. When he's fooling around with the memory cloth, doesn't it look like it's like making claws at one point? Which part? Like like when he's like first being in, in. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck were you doing with that? <laughs> I, mean, I guess that's just like to hold up the structure of what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. So then we get, like you said, we get our big moment eventually with the docks and all that shit. And Falcone sets him up with the, what the hell are you? And we hear, I'm Batman. He says uh, that like he 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 says what the hell are you or whatever like when he's inside his car and then Batman like smashes through the the uh, moonroof and pulls him out and says I'm Batman like he could hear him you know there's a couple instances like when Crane rides up on the horse later it's because he just heard Rachel say something two minutes earlier yeah. like 300 yards away <laughs> and he's like I'll respond to that now <laughs> jerk store um, yeah. <laughs> Then he immediately turns to Razor Beja, who's still there. Nice coat. Mm-hmm. 
the, uh, uh, the when he's driving the tumbler and he's like, "Does it come in black?" That feels like a Goyer line to me. That's just like a cheesy, yeah. cheesy movie line. Does it come in black? Uh, so, but the the I'm Batman. I think I don't remember. I don't have it all mapped out. But I was watching it. I was like, "Is that the end of Act Two? Is this a four act movie?" Uh, yeah, I've seen a, a YouTube video somewhere where they break it down like it's in four acts, and I'd say that Which, sounds pretty right. Which is interesting because again, Casino Royale is another four act movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're very similar movies. Um, I, I like why is Falcone like his like main dude who he like hashes shit out with is like Flass, the uh, yeah. like random dirty cop. Like, is this guy like yeah. your second in command or something? Is he your nephew? Yeah. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> hey, I need some help down at the docks. You're my guy for that. <laughs> Also, he's just like, word on the street is you want to kill this pretty young thing in the DA's office. I heard that pays. It's like... Accidents happen which, all the time. Which of the assholes in like like Roadhouse in Jackie Treehorn's group are you? Yeah. <laughs> are you the uh, polar bear fell on me guy? Stealing uh, falafel? Asshole. I don't think that Batman like chaining Falcone to the spotlight to create the original bat signal would really lead to a conviction. No, like unless Batman comes to testify. Well, it's like, I don't know, are your fingerprints on all those drugs? You know, it's like, it doesn't seem like the, the chain of command of the, or the chain of uh, possession of the evidence is really there, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that was, that was the Halcyon day. So like the pre Rodergate days where we could just imagine that Batman could just leave people on the steps of, of city hall. Like, we like got chain him. around yeah. him in a note. Yeah. Um, yeah. But Batman's stringing up flash to interrogate him. Uh, where are the other drugs going? It's parodied. It's ridiculous. It sticks. It works. Where are the other drugs going? Swear they, to really, me. they really didn't play the voice in the advertisements though. Did they? Oh, I mean, he barely speaks at all. But I mean, even walking out of the first showing of this movie in the theater, I was like, mm. "I'd see me." To me, it's way right. worse in uh, the Dark Knight actually than in this movie. In the you Dark Knight, so? he sounds like he has a cold through half of it. Mm. I'm not wearing hockey I'm not wearing pants. pants. Yeah, exactly. That's such a bad line. <laughs> I, you know, I really hate the uh, the people who are inspired by the Joker, but like. Once you start doing Heath Ledger's Joker thing, like it's that that the way the way he did that is so fascinating. Like you just want to keep it's kind of like Bane voice. You just want to keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Scary. Um, but yeah, I, I like Alfred's estimation what a job a rich person entails: fast cars, fast women, buying things that are not for sale. Bruce will take that literally as fuck. I like the scene oh. where uh, the guys are about to like yeah. bump off. Uh, Rachel Dawes and Batman shows up and beats him and then she turns around and tases him and he just like stands there. Yeah. That's I mean it, we've seen Batman before but this feels like the first time we've really seen him, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, he's just posing, he's just he's just still, he's just on that that thing, mm-hmm. which is especially funny to me after watching that thing on Twitter lately of the cop tasing that old woman. Oh, I didn't see it. Oh, you, you missed some real comedy yeah. joy. Um Roger Howard's uh, I was just going to say LOL the idea that like Here's some pictures of a judge, like with a call girl or something like that. Just like in today's society, they, that guy's like your next Supreme Court justice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like beer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, call it's girls. Batman's a you know liberal conspiracy to rub his name in the mud. <laughs> um, I like that Roger Howard's character is the kind of guy who just like sits in the boardroom and stares off into space for fun. 
I'm just amazed that his uh, assistant didn't get fired. Yeah. Especially after like the in. second time, you know. This dude comes in. Oh, seriously. Yeah. Well, the the whole setup to, to like burn him mm-hmm. at the end is ridiculous. But this one dude comes in and explains to Roger Howard about the microwave emitter weapon that was stolen. And I kept thinking, like, shouldn't this be a Lucius Fox thing? Like, yeah, like, that, that is very much there. Sense. Like, hey, we, we need this plot detail in here. We kind of we should have put it in a half hour ago, but here it is. Yeah. yeah. The whole oh, shit. I've turned this script in tomorrow. I need to put this scene in here now. The whole didn't you get the memo? Like, that's just not a very good joke. Like they call back to it, like it's funny or something. I don't know. How would you not know that the entire board is convened? That the shares have been bought by by the guy whose name is on the side of the building. That a new CEO. How much money has taken over? How much money does the Wayne family have that Bruce can do this? Well, I think. So I'm trying to. So they talked about we're going to go public. Your money is going to be worth even more. So I'm wondering if there was like a surge in his money prior to it going well, public, and then theoretically, he corporations. Theoretically, if it's a private company, he already owns probably like a majority stake, right? Right. And so even if they went public, he'd still own like a shit ton of stock or something. I don't know. It depends on how they structure the IPO, but like he has extra money besides that that he can then go use to buy up all the other stock to get a well, controlling been, share again. He's been dropping three point five million secretly to like. Put get by his. I mean, I guess just besides besides the ownership of the Wayne uh, Foundation or whatever, what are they? Wayne Enterprises. Besides owning Wayne Enterprises, he must just have like a giant like you know Scrooge McDuck vault full of gold or something to be able to mm-hmm. buy his own company again after it's sold. There's like a there's like a darker shoe to drop from the whole Underground Railroad tale. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, anyways, what? What cracks me up is that we get little Joffrey, who's just like, the other kids won't believe me that I met you, Batman. And he's like, here's this super expensive tool I was just using. Yeah, I know. Here's this kind of ridiculous periscope. It'll it'll pay your family's rent for the next 10 years. <laughs> I did like the move where uh, he does his push-ups. By like, yeah. He just it looks like he's falling over and starts doing push-ups. That's a very Patrick that, Bateman move there. That's, that's the way to start doing push-ups now. Mm-hmm. But I guess presumably only if someone's watching. Yeah. Why would you do it yourself? Seriously. What do you care? Um, so when he gets dosed with the fear gas, I love the visual of the the bat crawling out of someone's like mouth. Oh, with the scarecrow and all that. There's a lot of like mouth. Yeah. With yeah. Like gas. weird body horror, like maggots and stuff. Yeah. So Batman then gets lit on fire, gets away to safety of some rooftop, which. Must have been hard for Alfred to rescue him from. Thankfully, the cell phone didn't get catched on fire. They really kind of cut away from that, too. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, like Alfred, help. help me. And then it's just like, cut to later. Six hours later, yeah. he's got him off his roof. How did Alfred get up there on the roof and carry this man yeah. who, in this suit, must weigh like, I don't know, 250? Yeah. If not 300. Like, we don't know how much that suit weighs, but. I, so, I don't know if we talked about it in our, in our, our headcanon about it, but. There's no real place for it to come up in these movies, but there's a detail I love about the super rich, and I think it's Age of Ultron. Mm. When Iron Man's having the fight with Hulk, and he talks about Oh, and he buys AI, the whole building right before He buys the building right before he throws Hulk into it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so more more dream flashbacks, dreambacks about his dad, his fucking dad from, from Law and Order. And wakes up, it's his birthday. Alfred's there with Lucius Fox. 
and Alfred's like making some Alka Setzer for him. Of course, of course, Michael Caine and, and Lucius Fox are like friends. Also, these guys have done seven movies together. I wonder point. if maybe the reason they cut the narrows is because it looks like a really dodgy, like half like model, half CGI. Yeah, it looks like a model at one point yeah. for sure. But I like the. There's a bit. This would have been in my top moments where like Lucius Fox is like, I had to do this, 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 and this. And Bruce Wayne's like, Am I supposed to know what any of that means? He's like, No, I just wanted you to know how difficult it was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so Rachel shows up, wishing him a happy birthday. She can't come to the party night. He's like, Why? You've got better plans. And she's like, uh, My boss has been missing for days. <laughs> Which means that I'm the de facto DA until the next movie. Um, <laughs> also, she gives him the arrowhead back. Is that is that a way of saying like, We done? Like we're done here? Yeah. Kind of. Kind of. Or maybe yeah. maybe it's a way of saying, like, let's put these, let's cut a cord on these childish things here, you know? Yeah, I mean, I kind of. I mean, let's start, really, start though, fresh. Like, if she was thinking about that on the drive over, and then she gets to the door, and he's like, why? You've got better plans? And she's like, uh, my boss has been missing for days. I'm sure she's like, that was the exact right gift. <laughs> They never, this was the exact right time to cut this cord. I guess they kiss once at the end of this movie, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it kind of made me think. I didn't look it up. Like, how old? What's the age difference? I mean, Katie Holmes is like like a year older than me, I think. So probably well, okay. probably a good 10 years. How old years. are you compared to, to, to Christian Bale in this movie? I don't know. How old is Christian Bale? Let me look. I'm going to guess early 50s. Let's see. Uh no, seventy four. So he's like what forty five? Am I doing the math okay. right on that? Yeah. So is it age appropriate if you were to be in a relationship with Christian Bale right now? I mean, is he too old for you? She, Katie Holmes is like right. forty. So yeah, I'd say that that's that's fine. She's forty now. I think she just turned forty. Yeah. Holy shit! Balls. I know. I like that she's been like secretly dating Jamie Fox for, for like time. ten years. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so um, I like how excited Killian Murphy gets when he realizes the Batman has arrived at Arkham. The Batman. And then, like, the thugs are all like, the things they say about him. Can he really fly? Can he disappear? And I thought to myself, you guys must be local, like, hires. Like, you can't be League of Shad Bros. <laughs> no, definitely not. Also, Probably, League like, Falcone's men. Is what I'm going with now. League of Shadow Bros? No, League of Shad Bros. No, nah, I don't like it. You don't like League of Shad Bros? I don't like the Shad Bros. It doesn't roll off the tongue. Shad Bros. doesn't roll off the tongue? No. Sorry. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know about your tongue. I don't know what it's, what's it doing. Um, so, yeah, the Scarecrow sees Batman as a straight-up fucking demon with black goop oozing out of his mouth. Oh, we, we haven't mentioned I did love the bit where, like, Rachel goes to confront Dr. Crane here. And it's just like, all right, come with me. <laughs> he just, like, takes her down to his lair, you know? Yeah. And she just has this look like, oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah, he's just explaining everything to her. Yeah, well, just the the whatever conversation as he starts like getting the key out to unlock mm-hmm. like the secret location on the elevator. It's like the elevators, man. It's like now I'm fucked. Oh, Why just, did I get in this cage of a door? There's just a whole lot of Katie Holmes like being like zonked out, like lying down on this table, kind of like her eyes twitching and stuff. You know, she's. I mean, again, some roles are not Hamlet. Mm-hmm. But she does remarkably well with that. Like, I don't think she embarrasses herself doing those sequences. No, yeah, and you could you could see how someone could too. But uh, uh, so like 
when Scarecrow gets the the dosage there, and he's just like, Doctor Crane's not here right now, but if you'd like to leave him a message, Gorilla Yeah, this like disgusted wonder in his face. Um, yeah, so so Rachel trips like spook balls. Does it kind of feel like they don't know what to do with Gordon in this movie? She's also cognizant enough to ask what he's doing as he's driving to the top of the parking garage. Yeah, yeah, she's. Yeah, I, don't, I don't know. It's like it's like. I think I feel like halfway through the script writing, they were like, we'll somehow make him commissioner at the end. And then they were like, I don't see it. It's got to be the sequel. And they're like, yeah. okay. Well, it's kind of like, we got to have Gordon in it. All right. We got Gary Oldman as Gordon. We don't really have anything for him to do. We'll, we'll let him drive the Batmobile. That'll be fun. But you know? I, I feel like the Batmobile was like, that was the thing they did when they realized, fuck, we can't make him commissioner by the end of this. Yeah. Which it's Richard Alper as the mayor in the sequel. How could you not love that movie? <laughs> And he makes uh, it all the way to the third movie, too. Oh, is he dying in the box? Yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Um, wow, so he's been mayor for at least 10 years. At least nine years in uh, those movies. So um, the movie gets a lot out of the old movie thing of like playing off the stunned cop's reaction to the tumbler. Yeah, yeah. Including Jim Gordon's like, I need to get me one of those, which I think he says when the cheesy lines. One of the cops who's there at the beginning of the chase is later on in the chase, like on the radio, like, can you at least describe what it looks like? It's like, you just saw what it looks like. How did these guys lose the tumbler? Yeah. When did the lights turn out? Yeah. (laughs) But they're like, oh, fuck, there it is right beside me. Like, we lost them. It's on the way to like Wayne Manor. There's only one house out here, but we lost him. I guess he drove to the next county. Does it seem ridiculous that you have to make this big accelerated leap into the waterfall I mean, entrance every single time? Yes and no. Like, I guess it's I like mean, effective camouflage. Home, yeah. If that was your home, though, wouldn't that get tiring? Like, don't you just want to sleepwalk your way into the garage sometimes? I, mean, I don't know why he isn't like uh, going out in his little like scooter, you know, the, the bat pod every time. Because yeah. that just seems way more manageable. Well, it, what seems more manageable is the second one when he's like in the middle of town. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like, oh, I've also got a half an hour commute either way to the city. Mm-hmm. Um, so later after they've cured her, which also I think this was the tail end of my like lingering crush on Katie Holmes. Oh, mine never ended. Joey, I think Joey ended Potter, there. man. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, a lot this of, was like right before of, she starts dating uh, Cruz, though. Is it? Yeah. Because that's why she wasn't in the next movie. Oof. I mean, she, she went. Well, so supposedly of, it's because she went to do like that money heist movie or whatever. But I, mean, I think it was oh. really because she had a lot of weird press then. But also, I'm sure Tom didn't improve. Mm-hmm. Um, but like a lot of maintaining my love for Joey Potter was like checking in and out on episodes and seasons of Dawson's Creek. Um, she hasn't done like i remember she did like a like a weird like i think it was on like dancing with the stars or something like she showed up and danced do you remember that some some primetime tv show where it's like oh katie holmes is gonna be on she's gonna dance because like she hadn't done anything in like three years or something she's just raising her kid and dating jamie fox and occasionally doing movies i think I mean, she's been in some stuff. Like, she's in, like, Logan Lucky and that Kennedy's movie. But, yeah. Hasn't done Is she in Logan Lucky? Apparently, according to the uh, internet here. I've seen Logan Lucky. I don't remember her. And she's played Jackie Kennedy a lot. Who 
she? Oh, she's the ex-wife. She's in like three minutes of that movie. Um, Elvis's daughter is like the next Mad Money. That's what she did. Next actor who needs to be discovered in a big way. Um, Riley Keough. Yeah, oh, she's fantastic. She's in the uh, Fury Road. She's not that we need to replace her, but if we ever need a new case to, Riley Keough's got that same mm-hmm. kind of wild affect. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, Man, the fucking trailer for Charlie's Angels was before uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That mm-hmm. that trailer's so bad. It's just like, excuse me, we thought we'd uh, interrupt this music video for this like god awful like. Uh, you know, team up between Ariana Grande and whoever to put some actual scenes for a movie in here. It's like the trailer just keeps stopping so that song can play some more. It's like, what the fuck? I'm very curious to see Case Two in that. Like, just in she that looks role. like she's having fun. She looks like she's having a lot of fun. I, just, like, I need to see playing... a. I need to see a trailer without that goddamn song in it. She seems like she's playing like the 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 sexy, perky, excited. Ethan Hunt. Well, like Kate, she's kind of like the point person of the group. Yeah. Katie Holmes is in 11 episodes of uh, Reed Donovan. Ooh, that's a shame. Well, again, Katie Holmes, we always overlooked this. She was the first choice for Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the TV show. Mm-hmm. That would have been that's, fascinating. That's a wild alternate universe. Fucking wild. I wonder if I she would have had to dye her hair for that or like wear a wig. Like kind of like how Sarah Michelle Geller dyed her hair for the first season mm-hmm. <laughs> or got a, a lot of highlights. And then after that, she was blonde. <laughs> um, yeah. So Alfred, like after they've cured her, they've cured Rachel Dawes back into this movie. He's like putting her in the back of the car to drive home. We get this thing where like they cut over the caterers and he has to make some kind of like pithy joke, but it's like, <laughs> come on, you've catered a rich boy's party before you've seen some shit. I needed like Just a an extra tip at the end. I, I feel like there's a better line could have been had there. I don't know what it is, but he needs like a he needs a, a clever bon mot to toss at the catering staff there. Yeah, like like they're just gonna do like the like a fucking Apatow movie where mm-hmm. like Michael Caine just does seventeen takes of like, <laughs> riffing, and then they just put it all in the movie Apatow style. At the end, it's just like the here's the outtakes reel as the credits yeah. roll. My comedy's two and a half hours long, so I don't know how to make decisions. Nah. Because I think I'm James L. Brooks. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah, but again, at the party, I just love this woman. Bruce, here's someone, simply someone you must meet. <laughs> now, what did you say your name was, Mr. Raj Al Ghoul? And he's just instantly like, you're not Raj Al Ghoul. I watched him die. And she's like, laters. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a weird thing to say. Goodbye. But is Raz Al Ghoul not immortal? Are his methods not supernatural and she's like i'm so gone how long do you think it takes bruce to put all his pieces of the bat suit like back in the little display case like you just got home you just got home from your like your crazy like fight you know you're on fire at some point blah 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 you peel back into the bat cave after like doing like an awesome jump and you get out of the the you know your tumbler and then you're just like oh man i just want to get sit down and have a beer but first i have to like piece by piece take this bat suit off and like hang it up on its special little thing here well number one number one alfred you've just you've just survived whatever your incident was Mm -hmm. you've driven the 25 minutes back home you've Mm -hmm. leaped through the fucking waterfall you've gone out of your small tank 
And you're like, motherfucker, I have to pee like Tom Hanks oh, in League of the Rings. I think you just go right in the cave. Or maybe you in like, a suit. Make Alfred clean. Alfred, get the, get the fucking crowbar and get this welded codpiece off of my junk. No, fuck it. Right I'm away, peeing Mr. in the suit. Yes. I am peeing in the suit. Alfred, get the power washer. Yeah. Do you Alfred, think... Clean that up. Do you think when Batman, like, uh, when he like he gets away from the bad guys and he's got to drive the tunnel back to the Batcave, do you think he ever listens to podcasts on his like twenty minute commute? Like, what podcast does he listen to? He's like, oh, I got to get in some of the dollop. <laughs> oh man, they're riffing again. Let me try something else. Uh, they're not as bad with their ads as some people are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I feel like listening to the dollop. Bruce Wayne's like, hmm, crime's pretty bad, but. So is this environmental situation. I am rich. I could do something about this. It's just like, I wanted to get in a, uh, a new episode of how did this get made, but I'm halfway home and they're still doing ads. <laughs> also, I really hate the, uh, the live episodes. I prefer the studio ones. Studio ones are so much better. <laughs> yeah, I get it. Oh. You're going to be on tour. You're going to be at the fucking Laugh Factory. Let's get on with it. Oh, the Largo. Mm. Oh, June's on this one. Good. I like June. Make sure all the monkey shots are getting paid. Um, oh, man. Special guest Seth Rogen. Bummer. Uh, well, God, that was the best, the worst of best worlds. Like, you've got Charlie Theron and, and also Seth Rogen. Seth Rogen. Have you seen the trailer for that fucking Good Boys movie? Yeah. I wish I could travel. I wish I could travel back in time to before I saw that asinine trailer and like prevent myself from ever seeing it. There's only one bit in the actual scenes in the movie that I find funny with the kids like cursing, there's only one small part and the rest of it. I don't, what is the one small part? It's the, uh, the, does this look like a juice box? No. Cause I'm not a fucking child. Yeah. And then what's the one point where I'm like, okay, that kid's delivery is pretty good. But like Jacob Tremblay, here's my question. Is he still best friends with Brie Larson? I don't think so. I don't was think he, he ever anymore. friends with Brie Larson? That was like that was the thing they were peddling. Was he in, was he the room. kid in the room? He's the kid in the room. Oh, That's I didn't know that. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's he was like they were like. That's best how he was famous for, is he? I believe that's where he first got his. Huh. I his thought he wasn't. Who's the kid that was in like the dancing movie? What's the dancing movie? I don't know. Is the kid the movie where the kids dancing? It's like an Oscar winning or Oscar nominated movie. About kids dancing? About a kid who dances. I can't remember what it's called. Billy Elliot? Yeah. That's not he's not Billy Elliot. From, from like twenty years ago of Jamie yeah. Jamie Bell? Sure. That's Jamie not Jacob Tremblay, huh? I thought Jamie Bell was like a I guess. No, chef. no, Jacob Tremblay is the kid from uh uh Jerry Maguire. Durr. <laughs> okay. I thought Jamie Bell was a chef. Am I thinking of and a different Jamie? Was on fucking, uh, That's Jamie Oliver. Uh, that kid was on fucking Dawson's Creek too. Like Pacey had to babysit him for an episode. Jonathan looked Nikki. Yeah, there we go. Bring it all back together. Tying this shit all together. Um, mm-hmm. I like this line. Like you said, this might be a Goyer line. This is definitely a Goyer line. The I'll be standing right where I belong between you and the people of Gotham. Batman has like bad comebacks in all these movies. Well, like this some... one with Bane and the Dark Knight Rises is just oof. Bane has a great comeback. He's like, you've come back to die with your city. No, I came back to, what is it, like to fight for it or something? Like, I don't know, it's, it's such a bad some, line. Something, something yeah. like that. No, it's it's right after. I came back Talia to stop you, yeah. It's right after Talia walks out of the room and he's just like, you'll just have to imagine the fire. <laughs> um, 
Liam Neeson, this is why you cast Liam Neeson, though. For if someone stands in the way of true justice, you simply walk up behind them and stab, stab them, them in, in the, the heart. Back. Yeah. <laughs> and then Michael Caine gets his, his Michael Caine moment, you know, just the, uh, what's the point of all these bloody push-ups if you can't lift a log, you know? Um, also, I think the worst criminal in the Batman's rogues gallery might be Gotham City Planner, who puts an asylum for the criminally insane, the densely populated area for low-income folks. Yeah, really. That just seems to add to the hijinks. Can I just say, we both know I'll have to kill you now. You'll just have to imagine the fire. It's right after she leaves the room. Yeah, yeah. And he's just like, this is the one time I'm going to disobey her orders. (laughs) Because I fucking hate you. Um, Yeah, Christian Bale apparently lost his voice quite a few times thanks to doing the Batman voice, which makes sense, which would also, I would think, be an IRL Batman problem. And it's probably one of the few things that the uh, Snyder Batman got right was like he just has a voice changer. Like, I don't know why Batman doesn't have that. Yeah. What was the what's the first line of that movie? Martha. I don't know. And it's the the Snyder movie, Batman Superman. You used to be able to quote it. Did I? Yeah. It was it, it's like a weird tone poem or something, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you would quote it in Toby voice. I don't remember it. Mm. Mm. So Alfred rescues Bruce Wayne, takes him down to the Batcave. This is a big birthday for Bruce Wayne. He oh, got we, to throw a temper tantrum. He got a pep talk. He burned down his house. We do get the whole, uh, you play the keys in a weird order on the keyboard and it like opens a bookshelf. All's a big mm-hmm. fan of that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's better than having to like tug on the clock or jack off the statue or whatever. Um, I like once all the shit's going down in the narrows, like little Joffrey comes up to the fake SWAT guy and he's like, I can't find my mom. And like the SWAT guy, like just like puts his fucking finger in this kid's face. <laughs> I kept thinking like, what's he about to do before Rachel Dawes walks up? Um, yeah. Good visuals though. is like the vapors are rising up from the narrows. The narrows seems filthy. Yeah. It seems like just, I mean, did they just, just like bulldoze it? Did, did they just completely bulldoze the narrows and like, I don't know, dredge the river so that it flows over it now or something. I don't like see the narrows to lower those bridges the, again. The narrows doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we're, Dark Knight Rises. We're just going to do the rest of Gotham. What we've already done to the narrows. Mm-hmm. Flass is uh, like his like denouement. Just like going crazy from fear toxin and getting bashed over the head. Yeah. Flass is hilarious. Earlier when he shows up after getting his bribe and like he's just like Gordon. The other boys are a little uncomfortable. You're not taking a taste. And as he's like eating like a fucking smorgasbord of food mm-hmm. in front of Gordon and counting his money at the same time. Or Gordon's like whole Gary thing Busey. is Gordon. Gordon's I couldn't whole thing. Gary Busey is class. Oh yeah, I can see that. Gordon's whole thing is like he's not corrupt, but it's not like he's like fighting the corrupt cops either. He's just like trying to do his own thing. I'm no rat. I'm no rat. I'm just a guy trying to keep his accent on check. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I I like the hallucinations. A lot of mouth stuff. Um, Liam Neeson gets to say, now if you'll excuse me, I have a city to destroy, which is good energy. Um, We've got a city to burn. So Liam Neeson's character's killed. Especially because the movie did some work to set up that they had like contrasting values as opposed to just conflicting goals. Um, I don't, and, I'm not going to kill you, but I don't have to save you. Batman's ideology wins primarily because he he's the one who survives. Mm-hmm. 
yeah, the, the, just the fucking Rucker Hauer R.I.P. thing, where it's just like, Fox, I seem to remember firing you. And he's like, you did. I got another job. Yours, bitch. <laughs> By the way, Bruce Wayne just like stole your account assistant again. Can't believe yeah. you haven't fired her yet. Well, I mean, I, I kind of get that, though. Like the whole thing with like, like the assistant betraying Rutger Hauer. It's just like Morgan Freeman's like, I'm your boss now. Who I mean, you, work for? you know, he's not paying her what he should be. So, yeah, I'm sure she's like yeah. dying to st- stab him in the back. You know, how would you like a 350 percent raise? That's what I thought. Um, Even Gordon has to do the stupid thing where he lays down inside the, the tumbler here. Yeah. He's like, this is poorly designed. Yeah. He's like, what the fuck is this? Well, how do you get back out of there? It just like goes back. It just pulls you back out. Yeah, it's so weird. I <laughs> like, was this like a WB mandate? Like, why is this in the movie? It makes no sense to me. I can see like if it just like it drops down like a little like a little HUD screen in front of him or something, or it looks like, you know, he's got like some heads up display. That would make sense. I don't see why he has to like lean down to fire a missile. Here's what I love, though. It's not like there's 7,000, like, hologram things where he has to, like, grab them in midair and like, yeah. throw them around and, like, do Iron Man shit with them. Um, but, yeah, so also Bruce Wayne just ran this whole scheme to take over his company again to, like, install a new CEO to basically run a goof on the former CEO. So he finds out that he's lost his job in front of, like, the board just to humiliate him. Seriously cuck that guy. Also, the night before it was his birthday, and he burned down his own house. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what the stock. Maybe, price maybe he's Wayne like using it. the insurance money somehow or something. I don't know. It's <laughs> all part of my plan. Or it's like he, he all this three dimensional chess. He burns down. I don't know. This insurance money doesn't invest this quickly, but like he burns down his place, and so like the confidence in the company plummets, like the stock mm-hmm. drops, and then he buys it all up. With the insurance money from the house. With his, with his loose change from the couch, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think Rachel Dawson's Bruce down gently? It, at the end of the movie, I'd say so, yeah. I mean, it, it seems like they have a nice kiss, and she kind of enjoys it for what it is, but knows that like he's different. You know, He hasn't come back yet, and she's just like, you know, I'm just leaving it out there. I'll still be around. Maybe, maybe not, if uh, you ever yeah. hang up the cape and cow. Oh, if uh, the big, beautiful butt-chinned Aaron Eckhart doesn't come to town. Mm-hmm. Uh, that white knight. We'll say white knight 7,000 times. I mean, I, I feel like uh, she's got a fair amount of restraint there. You know, like she could have been like, oh, yeah, I, I fucked Batman and then I dumped him. You know, but no, she's mm-hmm. just going to give him a very chaste kiss. Oh, if you could have fucked Batman first, fuck Batman first. It's like, no, no, no. Leave the suit on. Yeah. Well, he's just like, well, you should know that it takes Alfred Act of Congress, some small explosives just to get the fucking cod piece off. I've got a piece so bad, Alfred. Oh, wait, never mind. Also, I'm going to be honest. I really smell when I get out of this thing. It just, my balls are a swamp. Got to get some of that gold bond powder. I've already peed, Alfred. You're going to have another suit to clean. Also, the mirrors in the West Wing are just filthy. Are you even doing your job? Um, well, she's like a lot of buildup. A lot of buildup. I never stopped thinking about you. Soft, it's pillowy. And then she's just like, but you were a man I loved. <laughs> then your mask. This is your mask. How did the uh, the pearl necklace survive this massive fire? Is it the pearl necklace or the stethoscope? Those, we don't see the pearl necklace. I'm just wondering because it, it shows up later. 
you know, oh, the third, it? yeah, it's in the third movie. That's Catwoman oh, steals it. Right. Uh, right. I mean, maybe it's in like a safe that like the fire didn't well, reach or something. Because it's in yeah. the safe in the third movie, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess we'll say the safe is fire. I'm going to tell you right now that scene is my favorite scene in Dark Knight Rises. Oh, it's a great scene, yeah. When oh, she kicks I, out the crutches. I don't know. I, I think I had to go with the uh, you and your friends better batten down the hatches scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pronounced oh, Abitha, oh, yeah. Almost all of my top moments are going to be uh, Anne Hathaway moments because I love her. I just um, found it hilarious. Like before that movie came out, everyone's like, boo, Anne Hathaway. And then like, she's an awesome cat woman. Yeah, she is. When she holds up the hat and punches the guy. Yeah, anyway. Mm-hmm. Let's just talk about that. Let's talk about Anne Hathaway. Right, we'll um, be getting there soon enough. Yeah, yeah so he's going to rebuild the mansion brick by brick just the way it was. And Alfred's like, how about some improvements? Oh. You know, on the South Wing. And then you like, got the classic, you got the real bat symbol here at the end. The yeah, bat light, yeah. bat spotlight. The uh, the cave in Dark Knight Rises is very weird too. Like there's the whole thing where like levels have to rise up through the water for you to walk from one portion to the other. Or here's what I'm saying. Did they like hire a contractor for that? Or is that just like Bruce Wayne strapping on a tool belt and doing that all himself because it like it has to stay secret? I would assume he's doing it all himself. Or did he just that, hire contractors and then like kill them all afterward? There were, there were was a uh, several books of short stories that came out during those dark years in between movies, edited by a guy named Martin H. Greenberger, who edited a lot of like uh, genre anthologies that were called the Further Adventures of Batman. And it was just random people's takes on Batman and short stories, and I fucking ate that shit up. But I'll never forget the short story where there was like one costume shop in in Gotham where he did all the costumes for both the villains and mm-hmm. for, for Batman. And mm-hmm. it was always fascinating because he just had these rich clients who would just show up and they would just get their suit and they would leave. Um, I don't know. That kind of, that kind of shit always fascinates me. Yeah. So the bat signal, he meets Jim Gordon. What about um, escalation? Bat signal seems super blurry in the night sky. I mean, it makes sense, I guess that it wouldn't look super sharp. Also, they, I like that they bring this up in dark night where it's just like, well, officially, the police department's you know trying to catch the vigilante. It's just like, why is the bat signal that gets turned on periodically that mm-hmm. everyone could see on top of your one of your offices? He's like, mm. I mean, they definitely made the bat signal less of a signal and more of like a sign. You know, it's yeah, it's just kind of like a, a vigil or something. You know, well, like that was one thing about the Burton movies is like it was like we're going to make sure that it's clear in the night sky. Like you can mm-hmm. definitely see. Except for the thing in, in Batman Returns. Oh, it's ridiculous, oh, yeah. Signal? Yeah. I hope I'm not having people over. But I mean, the bat signal here is more just like, I don't know, something to feel good about when you turn it on. To yeah, like let yeah. people know that Batman exists. It's an instant gratification button. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then we get the, you know, I never said thank you. You'll never have to. <clears throat> oh, sorry. A little dry, a little parched. Yeah, the the Joker card at the end. That's a pretty nice sequel tease there. It was just, it was more like I remember in the theater that was like people were just like oh applause, well done, well done, sir. I mean, not not the worst sequel setup, like kind of clever for for using the rules. And it it been long enough that it was like okay, you can bring the Joker back now. Well, because the at this time, the fucking restraint. To not like reboot it yeah, seriously. later with all the same villains or what have you. That was the other thing about Amazing Spider-Man would always fascinate me is that you had fucking 
Dylan Baker in those three Sam Raimi movies. When do we get the lizard? As soon as they reboot the movie. Yeah, in his fucking face. <laughs> um, one of the trivia things I like from the IMDb is that the official vo- in Brazil, the official voice dubber of Rudger Hauer, R.I.P. and Michael Caine, um, was you know had to do double duty for this movie, but he also had just become the regular voice dubber for Liam Neeson and Morgan <laughs> Freeman. Nice. <laughs> this movie comes out starring all four of them. Also, the one the one throwaway villain who's like from the comics, Mr. Zaz, in this movie, is played by an actor named Tim Booth. He's in a band. Okay. Does that does that strike you as familiar? Tim Booth. I'm going to give you the opening lyrics to one of their songs. Okay. To see if you can guess the band. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm not going to do it in any kind of weird voice. This bed is on fire with passionate love. The neighbors complain about the noises oh, above. Yeah. But she only comes I don't need any of the other fucking lyrics. I got it from the first one. Yeah. James. <laughs> Who's so, who is Zaz? That sounds familiar, but is he one of yeah, Raz's guys? No, no, no. He's the he's one of the guys that's on trial at one point. He's the bald guy and oh, shows okay. up in Arkham. Yeah. Right, right, okay. In the comics, he's like a serial killer. Like every time he kills someone, he like carves a notch on his body. Creative. Yeah. 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 All right, well, uh, let's move on to our Make One Change. I don't even know, man. I enjoyed revisiting this movie, but it's just a movie that I just, I've carried around with me that it's not my favorite of the three. So I guess it's hard for me to delve too deep. What do you got? Uh, I'm going to say replace the Tumblr with a real Batmobile. Hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. That's the only one I could think of. I mean, the Tumblr is fine and all, but I, I just really don't like that stupid thing where it leans down. I don't like the um, the one in Batman versus Superman. But it was boring. It, it seemed like the Tumblr, but not basically. But I mean, the idea of making the Tumblr more aerodynamic, I'm fine with. I mean, I like the the Tim Burton Batmobile. I even like the Val Kilmer Batmobile. <laughs> Well, it had that like cheesy like CGI like bulletproof thing it does. Yeah, yeah. There are huge. Oh, the the burn one. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, well, let's there's do a part where it comes out from the tires that looks really bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah seriously, yeah. Uh, let's do uh, our power rankings. All right, number ten. I have Batman. Wow. Okay. I can see ours are going to be different. Mm. Just number ten, huh? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, I had a Joe Chill at number ten. No, oh, okay. Yeah, without him, none of this happens. <laughs> Props to Joe Chill. Way to go, Joe Chill. Stay, stay frosty. Uh, number nine, Tom Wilkinson as Carmine the Roman Falcone. <laughs> Bang! Is the Roman is that like his nickname in the comics or uh, something? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, like he's just some kind of you know meatball. Some grease character. ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, number nine, I had Flash. Oh, okay. Mostly just sort of being present in this swear to me scene. I don't have class on here at all. Mm. Number eight, I got Rucker Hauer as Mr. Earl. Oh, he did not make my list. There's there's little bits of him. I mean, Rutger Hauer, he's an actor. Like he's he's not nothing. I mean, there's little bits when he's like, I don't know why he's at the dinner at the hotel. But he's got he makes some actorly facial expressions when Bruce is going off one of his rants or whatever. So it's just like I don't know. Like, there's not a lot of character there, but mm-hmm. yeah, and uh, Lucius Fox at number eight. Wow, 
Wow, that high? It's a it's a good addition oh, to the oh. back cannon. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, this is a deep bench to pull from. That's my only sports reference. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of good cast in this movie. Mm-hmm. It's like shockingly good cast. Uh, number seven, I've got Katie Holmes as Rachel Dawes. Mm. Right. I want to put her higher. I I just I don't think there's a lot that they give Rachel to do, and this is by no means a bad performance. It's maybe probably not her best performance, but she's she's fine. I mean, I I would hurry up my my crime fighting fetish adventures. Oh, I'd be like, fuck the criminals to maybe date. I, her I'm retired. Yet. Yeah, I'm rich. Let's go date. <laughs> I definitely would ran halfway, but yeah. Uh, number seven, I've got Gordon. Mm, mm. Not not a ton to do in the movie. No. Uh, I have Gordon at number six. Yeah, number six, I've got Jacquard. Oh, A.K.A. Okay. Raz, obviously. A.K.A. Um, number five, I've got um, Morgan Freeman's Lucius Fox. Hmm. Well, I've got your number seven and my number five, Rachel Dawes. Um, I don't know. I, I thought she's pretty good. And then she has like her, her scene where she like drives Bruce down to the kind of underworld there. You know, you talk about justice. Look, look beyond your own pain, Bruce, all that, you know. Um, That's why I think the level to which she's knowledgeable and involved in giving him the tour, I feel like she's already working in the public defender's office. Yeah, something. maybe. You know, good people like your parents who will stand for injustice, they're gone. What chance does Gotham have when the good people do nothing? I'm not I one of your you good like, people, Rachel. I love that you were like, I'm going to do this fucking exchange before the end of this podcast or I will die. <laughs> <laughs> what are we at? Number four. Number four, I have Killian Murphy as Dr. Jonathan Crane, the Scarecrow. Not a huge role, but uh, he's got a weird face and he seems to be having a lot of fun. And I love that he comes back for all three movies. Not my diagnosis. Yeah. yeah <laughs> he's he just, having a good fucking time in this. He's seriously, yeah. Uh, I've got Falcone at number four. I just, I, Tom Wilkins is just killing it in every scene he's in. Yeah, he is. Uh, number three. Definitely would be higher, I think, in future movies. But, well, I don't know. Maybe not. It's my Michael Caine. There's... Um, oh, Michael Caine. Michael Caine's got competition for number one in the next movie, but he's definitely a contender. Yeah, I mean... When like, I was in Brahma. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely, like, he's in the top three, at least in the next one. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's there's a seriously affecting moment that we haven't talked about, which is just, like... Little rich boy's like, what do you even care about this house for, yeah. Alfred? And he's just like, what a man I once respected. Put the most, whatever, like yeah. the most important thing in the world entrusted it to me. Like, you know, he's got some emotional and he does the broken voice that you do. Is well, and, and Bruce is like, what the house? He's like, no, you. Yeah, you little shit. Yeah, little fucking bastard. Stupid little yeah. rich kid. Uh, number three, I've got Dr. Crane, a.k.a. Scarecrow. Um I just thought he was really effective. He's not even the main villain, but like he's, he's, you get just enough of him. He never feels unrealistic and like, like he doesn't suddenly turn into like a great fighter or anything, you know? Like he really just has his fear toxin, but pretty cool. Which is funny because I kept thinking they would at some point put him in like the full outfit only because he's got, he's like, as an actor, he actually has that physique of the scarecrow, which mm-hmm. is just like tall and lanky and strange. 
but no, it's just just a just a little burlap sack that he puts on his face. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two. Yeah, I have Liam Neeson as Raja Ghul. Wow. Okay. I I don't know. I like Liam Neeson. I like a big villainous monologue, even if it doesn't make a lot of sense. <laughs> I mean, this is kind of like this is before he did a lot of these kind of cash in dumb roles that were successful and popular. But this is why you cast a Liam Neeson in this role. I I liked it. So, like your father, he liked the courage to do all that is necessary. Mm -hmm. Exactly right. Uh, Well, obviously, number one, I had Batman slash Bruce Wayne. We're on number two. Okay. Well, I guess number two had Alfred then. Okay. Number one, I have Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great Christian Bruce Bale, Wayne. Movie. Yeah, I mean Christian Bale's—he's doing a lot here. It's and it gets it gets overshadowed, I think, maybe later on in the the trilogy. But would you say this is the movie where it feels most like Bruce Wayne's movie of the three Dark Knight movies? Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, because they never really lose his thread throughout the other movies. I mean he gets that great shot of Batman in the wind and slow motion of the wreckage, you mm-hmm. know, after the Joker's plan goes off, but like in the second one, but this is the the most of his journey. And it kind of, you get that fear in the other ones where, I mean, I remember being kind of scared when they announced the dark Knight would have the Joker and two face and thinking like, fuck it's that, that Burton thing or those Batman movies thing where it was like, we started adding more and more villains. I don't know. Yeah, you you always get a little leery when it's like because that's that's such a Batman thing too. It's like how many villains can we add, and it, it all it always becomes more about the villains than the hero. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just don't know if he's uh, you know never orgasmed with another human being. I think he has to have. Well, I mean, we can get there's the two like I don't know, those like call girls that he rolls up with. When he goes to the hotel, like, who are these girls? I don't think he's having sex with those ladies. Well, I don't think he is, and yet, I don't know. Like, we have, we have, when he absconds with the whole, like, Russian ballet and the Dark Knight. Oh, I think, I, I'm going to say, we'll get to it. I think Alfred fucks at least two of those ballerinas. Wow, okay. <laughs> Any of you lovely birds ever seen Alfie? Uh, yeah. All right. Um, let's see. I think that about covers it. Uh, obviously, I think we'd both recommend this movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, it's it's my least favorite of the three, or at least one I'd come back to the least, but it's an incredibly solid movie. So, yeah. And then I believe in Would between you, this, Nolan went and made The Prestige, right? I believe and so. Like, right. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to Pre- take almost the entire cast with me. Prestige is probably my favorite Nolan movie. Yeah. I think it's safe. What do you think? What, this, here's an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. What do you think about the score to this movie? It, it's weird how much of the score in this movie is in the Dark Knight, and yet the mm-hmm. score to this movie did nothing for me. And yet you add a little bit of that like weird like Joker guitar or whatever that's in the Dark Knight, and suddenly it's an awesome score. Well, it just makes me think like, what really did James Newton Howard bring to this? Because they drop him. Well, they bring in Hans Zimmer, but I, isn't like well, somebody- no, Hans Zimmer's in this too. But there's it's isn't there like somebody else involved in the Dark Knight score? No, it's just Hans Zimmer. Is it just him? So 
the idea supposedly with this was they would you would basically have a score that was in dialogue with itself. Like one of them would be Batman, one would be Bruce Wayne, or what have you. And then I, I think the idea was they were going to do that again in the second one. It was going to be one of you would do Bruce mm-hmm. Wayne, Batman. One of you would do the Joker. But then officially, James Newton Howard just said, Hans Zimmer and Chris Nolan have a much better working relationship, so I'm just going to step back and let them... He's on the, the credits for it. For The Dark Knight? Yeah. I'm thinking it's probably because they just reused some of the score for this, because that's pretty much... Know, a Hans- it's credited as Hans Zimmer and James Newton Howard. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, I don't think I don't think like he was actually involved in the the scoring and the production. I mean, it, it should be mentioned that Hans Zimmer is kind of like a brand. Like a lot of the times, it's really like his assistants that are doing his scores. So who knows? Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know what? Like as much as of a as a kind of a jokes, I think Hans Zimmer is in some regards. Like I don't like a lot of his scores for other things. I tend to really like his scores from most Nolan movies. I kind of feel like his Dark Knight ones are the last good scores that he did. I know people gush over his like more modern scores, like Inception and and um, what's it called, uh, Interstellar. But I feel like that was when he kind of dipped towards like self parody. I see. I would say in the Inception's score okay. Helps make that, that, that yeah, Inception's fine. It's really like Interstellar. I feel like is where he went off. No, the Interst- I mean I, I I like Interstellar, but I, it's not as much as I like Inception. I think the Inception one really, really works. Um, and I listen to, because I have like a Hans Zimmer playlist for the occasional, whenever my fucking life calls for that. And it's a lot of Inception and it's a lot of, for some reason, Dark Knight Rises. Hmm. I like the Bane chant. I really do. It's good. I mean, I think the Dark Knight is still the best of the three score-wise. Hmm. Just the Joker's, like that weird, like weird, feedback like guitar or whatever that the yeah the at the very beginning of the movie yeah mm-hmm. like and this one i mean the whole thing like the name all the tracks after different types of bats is super pretentious and but it there spells is out track. batman yeah well there is one of the tracks molasses which is it's, it's it could very well come from like the next two movies anywho whatever dark knight come in dark knight, uh, maybe. maybe in a couple of weeks we'll see you think so we'll see we'll see okay well well, I'm not busy signing papers and filling out applications. Ooh, filling out papers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Picking up boxes, sweating. Oh, on man, I gotta fucking pack. Packing your valuables. Mm-hmm. Being like, do I need to keep this? Maybe I don't. Maybe I do. You don't know. All right, cool. All right, until then, have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye.